0: Hello, and welcome back to Legend of the Glorio Heroes. You're listening to episode 30,
1: The Big 3 0. The Big 3 0, and the end of season 3.
0: Yes, yes, that's the yes. As Eero, so, as my co host so correctly alluded to, that's what you all know what this means. It means it's time for another season recap podcast. Not only will we be discussing the final episodes of Season 3, but as always in the second part, we will be bringing in some uh, distinguished guests to give their hot takes and speculation. So we'll try to get through this, uh, some might say, an interesting pair of episodes. (laughs) Uh, We'll try to get through it a little quick. Maybe we'll uh, keep it light on the tangents and the speculation. No promises, though. You know, we fucking play fast and loose. We play fast and loose. That's why I, I like to keep my crew... You know, high speed, low drag. Uh, as always, I'm your host, G. And with me, as always, uh, still struggling to reinvent and
1: define his social brand uh-huh. is my co-host, Ero. As always, yup. You know, you gotta keep with the times, man. I can't just say the same thing over and over again every single podcast. It gets really boring after a while. <laughs> but even so i'm still here trying yes. my best
0: i'm the one guy i'm the one who has to invent a new like bit to introduce us every week you know uh... you know I, I, i've run out of like the nautical terms i can use to describe us but uh you know I we do our best. We do our best. And uh speaking of people who are doing their
1: best, uh um, yeah, we should get uh, into these two episodes. Indeed. Here. Uh episode eighty-five, the order for the transfer of the capital, and episode eighty six, yes. a new government in August. Yeah, so after the uh you
0: know the the very tragic events of uh the last three episodes Eighty-five and eighty-six are kind of a, a, a denouement, a clean yes. up. You know, uh, we're kind of we're winding down from the climaxes of season three, and we start to build up the conflicts uh, that are on the horizon of season four. Indeed. So we open up with uh, Mittermeier, uh, kind of looking into uh, Elfried, the uh, yes, the uh, the estranged
1: you know, mistress of one uh, Oscar uh, von Royenthal. He's worried about, uh, you know, his friends. Affairs, I guess.
0: Yeah, because Roenthal sure isn't. <laughs> yeah, Reutel don't give a fuck. Yes, you know, Mittermeier is... Mittermeier would definitely be, like... For better or worse, Mittermeier is, like, the uncle you wish was your dad instead of your actual dad. <laughs> like, you would always ask your dad if you could go hang out at Uncle Mittermeier's house. You'd ask if you could, like, have a sleepover with his kid. Mm-hmm. Because, like you know, for better or worse, anything you could do to get out of a fucking household where your mom is Elfried and your dad is Rointhal. <laughs> uh, yeah, yes. Know, like, like Rointhal is, like, a little overly dramatic, it's like, oh, this child will grow up to hate me, just like I grew up hating my father. And it's like, gee, Rointhal, did you ever think that maybe, like... You could break the it, cycle of... <laughs> right, like, if you were aware of this, maybe you could, like, put in effort to break this cycle, but no, no, we're just gonna nope. accept nope. fate as is, alright.
1: Yeah. So, um, uh... Turns out, She's uh escaped custody or she's vanished and somehow uh, yeah. escaped
0: a penal colony yep. I, maybe we should uh check in with the guards of that Peel colony because right. they're
1: clearly not doing that good of a job. uh is informed by some mid-level bureaucrat that uh there's not enough police across Empire territory. like all of their efforts are focused on like dealing with the terrorist bombings and stuff uh and so they don't have any like Regular ass guards. Excuse
0: me, excuse me, uh, excuse me, sir. Uh, A question from the press. Uh, Looking at my notes here, uh, it says that uh, the Galactic Empire owns roughly ninety nine point seven five percent of the (laughs) galaxy. Uh, How do you not have enough police? Uh, You're an autocratic empire.
1: How many millions of soldiers were like put on? Let's kill Yang Wen Li duty. Is, is a my good question. Point, good point. Like,
0: uh, yes, how much? How much? You know, in the same ways that, like, you know, the FPA themselves experienced a shortage of like talented uh, individuals during their wars in right. the Empire. Are we in a similar situation where the Empire is like, oh shit, uh, we recruited so. all of our soldiers to go fight Yang Wen Li, so we don't have like that many civilian police left?
1: Indeed, like, like, I, th- I think that is the case. Like, Just like
0: oops, we hired them all and we assigned them to Hydric Lang instead. <laughs> right. Because, like, it's, it's it's weird. It's like, I don't mean to get into it too much, but it feels weird that, like, for as, like, competent and as, like, fucking, like, as much of an iron fist as Reinhardt supposedly holds on the Empire, I feel like it is moments like these that actually expose, like, these structural weaknesses of a government that relies on a single person where it's, like, where are the police? Like,
1: where are the people to deal with this? Like, where is Kessler? Like, right. even, I mean, even Kessler's military police. Yeah, which, it's like of where course, it's such a military focused organization as the yeah. Empire. Like, yeah, the military police is probably doing just fine. They're right, probably the civilian police. Right. Is like,
0: yeah, it's it's or like it's like, do you even have a counterterrorism like division? You know, like, do you have like, is there a SWAT? in the world uh. of the, of, of, the empire. Like is SWAT just empire. SWAT?
1: Like is empire SWAT just the dudes in power armor. Is that just what it is? Like, just have the cravats on uh, their, uh, yeah. <laughs> come, they come in wearing 19th century suits and, uh,
0: but, uh, but yeah, so it turns out, yes, Alfred has gone missing. Um, you know, mm-hmm. and, and due to the, yes, as you said, the, uh, kind of the manpower shortages that have, have, have been happening. Um, we uh kind of we write our returns to Fazan. Uh the terrorists are eventually are captured, and it turns out they are captured thanks to the coordinated efforts of one Hydric <sighs> Lang.
1: I mean it's his job. Is, Let's be real. That is his is job. It is literally
0: his job, yes. So like good job, I guess, Lang. Um, he gets promoted to vice minister of internal affairs uh he not only does he get promoted but he's
1: handed a sack of coins which again is very funny to me just right, like, it's like it's not a check it's not a credit it's a, right. it's, it's a bag of gold coins like, I
0: like for all of, like as advanced as the empire is like as one of our commenters rightfully pointed out like you know you could tell how advanced the empire is technologically because you know they did invent stuff like like the, the fPA never built their own ease or loan or Geiersberg and like you know they never built their right. freaking warp drives and they never invented like ships that could land in like the atmosphere but also apparently they still their primary currency is still like physical minted coinage <laughs> like my god that's not a sack of bills that's a sack of coins right. i can tell like that hey i
1: mean fpa got paper money we saw it in uh my conquest yeah. of the stars yeah i really rip that bill in half
0: well, not only that, but we know that they have credit because he gave the freaking Fazan credit card to, right. to Julian all those episodes ago. So, like, or so, okay, actually, does that, no, that was a Fazan credit card. So, does that imply that of the three, like, galactic factions in Legend of the Galactic Heroes, FBA uses paper money, Fazan uses credit?
1: and the empire uses coins it's like a fucking fallout new vegas scenario where ncr's (laughs) bills caesar's legion has like denarii and then regular ass people use caps yeah
0: i just it's so funny to me that the visual image of like they hand him a scroll to like notify like to like notify his like promotion and along with the scroll is just a fucking like not even a little This is a big sack of coins like this sack of coins you'd see like a tom and jerry cartoon
1: dollar sign on it Right. Yeah,
0: yeah, like this is like this kind of co- second coins you'd see like being robbed from like an old timey bank in an old cartoon. But anyways, so uh,
1: so yeah, so Lane gets promoted, but uh... Yeah, say so he donates all of that money to uh, welfare on Fazan. Yes, and that, yes. while everyone. Knows- was like that's obviously hypocrisy coming out of motherfucking Hadrick Lang, right? Like obviously this is a PR play. Uh, but- narr- narrator says that uh, he's you know, ever since he became a small-time bureaucrat, he'd been donating to salary, uh, pfft, donating part of his salary to a uh, charity and educational right. stuff and specifically
0: and uh, anonymously. Yes. So, like, you know, I guess it's like one of those things where it's like I am forced to recognize that this is maybe the one good thing Hydric Lang does. Mm -hmm. Uh, I will still point out this is the same man that gave a speech in season two about how uh, actually uh, uh, democracy is the real fascism. (laughs) So uh, it's very (laughs) hard hard for me to. The commons. So it is very hard for me to square those two things together, but I will recognize that, yes. If you donate anonymously, then like I, I cannot, I, I cannot like accuse you of just doing it as a PR play. But mm. uh, doesn't matter because Hydra Lane displays
1: uh, plenty of other
0: asshole-ish behavior in this
1: episode Indeed. to make up for it. Um, um, but first, we get the funerals of various people who died uh, in over the past few weeks. Like right, like Silverbirch,
0: as well as the, uh,
1: the admirals. Yes,
0: yes, the admirals. Uh, we get another great zinger from Bittenfield, where uh, Bittenfield says that jerk Oberstein should just coordinate funerals from now on. Yes. <laughs> which is, uh, is very good. We also find out that uh, in, in the wake of all this news that uh, Lutz is getting married. Gosh, I wonder who too. Right, right. I love this, I love this. I love this exchange because Lutz asks like his like second commit or like his adjutant, like, can you guess who? And like the is like, it's the hot nurse, right?
1: And Lutz is like, uh, how'd you guess? And it's like <laughs> It's a great like <laughs> Lutz, please 10-second bit. Or so, yeah, after he's like, How'd you guess? How'd you know that the soldier just kind of like stops in his yeah. tracks and is just like, Are you kidding me right now? Right, and it's like
0: <laughs> it's like you can just tell that like it's like Sir, everybody knows this. Like nobody, like like it's like it's like that vibe of like even if they didn't sit out loud, it like let's like Admiral, Lutz, you haven't spoken to a woman in like fifteen years or something. It's like of course we know like who you married. Mm-hmm. After that, we kind of get the admirals hanging out again. Mittermeier, of course, being the the, the very good, very <laughs> good nice good guy, going. he is, uh g- gives up a toast to Steinmetz Fahrenheit and of course Yang Wenli. Of course. Um, yeah. we have, uh, the other admirals kind of, uh, the admirals kind of, uh, the admirals kind of basically kind of they're like, well, now that we, like, we've basically beaten everybody important or, mm. well, everybody important is dead,
1: you know, yes. that, uh. This terrorism thing is actually a real big deal. Yeah, Uh, Considering Silver Birch and Young Win Lee both died to terrorism. Maybe we should deal with terrorism. Right. The animals are kind of contending like, oh shit, we're
0: dealing with an enemy that we cannot just like blast with like, you know, we cannot just send Bittenfield and the black, you know, the, the, the black Lancers in and like just start blasting a planet, you know, like this is a problem that requires a more deft hand. Yeah. And like, This may be out of our expertise, and not only that, but they kind of correctly guess, as we begin to see, there will be a, this is the beginning of a shift in uh, who holds the power in in a peacetime government, now that there are no more wars to be fought.
1: Right. There's been such a heavy focus on the military in the Empire, uh, because they've constantly been a war. So now what? Like, yes, especially for these
0: admirals who are, by and large, mostly fleet admirals, you know, like Kessler, Mm -hmm. head of military police, like he has that specialty, but most of these guys are like fleet commanders through and through, right? Like you're not not assigned like your Navy commander to suddenly become, you know, the chief of police. Like, you know, these are guys that are now going to be in like weird, less familiar roles and, uh, you know... As if to, like, you know, hint at the things that are about to come. We uh, we next cut to a scene of Lang meeting with uh, one... Rubinsky. Yes, yes, to confirm our greatest fears. Uh, Lang is indeed, uh, if not explicitly uh, colluding with Rubinsky, is uh, communicating with him uh, surreptitiously without the knowledge of, uh, at least what appears to be without the knowledge of uh, either Reinhardt or Oberstein. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And uh, Rubinsky butters his butters the hem up, talking about how, uh, you know, uh, yes, I am um, subservient to the Kaiser. Like, all of my actions were obviously for self preservation, but, you know, like. <clears throat> Kaiser Reinhardt's a hero with no equal. I...
0: Right, uh, Rubinsky drops later. He's like, "Oh, you know, if if the Kaiser had shown up, I <laughs> totally would have handed over control of Zan." But I'm just such a little pebble. He carelessly knocked me aside instead Indeed. of asking nicely. But yep. I understand. And it's like, oh, please, Rubinsky. It's uh-huh. it, it is it is it is disturbing to see Rubinsky of all people bow and scrape like this like do it like... Do it. But do also, like, that's the thing, like, Rubinsky is cut from the same cloth as guys like Job Trunick, you know? Utterly shameless.
1: Mm-hmm. And, uh, he pulls out a little hologram of Elfried, because he's aware of her whereabouts, apparently. Yes. And basically extends the offer to Lang that, uh, hey, I'll, uh, give you the dirt to get rid of Roenthal. Yes, yes. Basically, uh...
0: Rubinsky is still kind of playing on Lang's kind of grudge with Royenthal, that uh, uh, is basically still wants to see him deposed, despite the fact that Royenthal has now gained more power than ever. And mm-hmm. um, Rubinsky basically says that uh, we can have Royenthal destroyed with this information. Uh, before that happens, though, we are uh, informed of a shocking incident on Fazan. Oh uh, one Nicholas Baltic has been arrested and accused of being an accomplice in the murder of Silverbursch. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, they say that, oh, like even though you got injured in the bombing, that was just uh, that was just cover. Like you were behind it. And so he is arrested. And then uh, uh <laughs> Def- definitely, <laughs> definitely
1: commits suicide, is not
0: assassinated at all. Right. Certainly not certainly not uh certainly does not hold parallels to recent news. Of like a oh, high-profile person being arrested for crimes that, uh, regardless of whether they committed or not, are extremely heinous and could be incriminating towards a lot of other powerful people, uh, suddenly being mysteriously assassinated while in prison—certainly uh, I mean, not weird at all.
1: Committed suicide.
0: Uh, of course, you're right. Uh, committed suicide. Right. Yes. Uh, yes. Of course. Just you know, the guards weren't paying attention. Right. Yes. Uh, But yeah, so Baltic is killed in prison, and uh, Lutz uh, points out that uh, this sets a dangerous precedent.
1: Right. So he was also injured in this very same bombing. Right. There's no proof that he's not involved either. Right. That essentially in terms of like, not in terms of
0: guiltiness or not, but in terms of like validity as a suspect, Lutz is just as susceptible as Baltic. Mm -hmm. And Lang has set a precedent that he can take control and uh, have his internal affair government
1: override military authority. Yeah. And Uh, uh, he uh, notes that uh, if this uh, is allowed to continue, the empire will fall to a spiral of scare politics where government goes rampant and just cuts out every uh, unsavory element. Indeed, indeed. You know, I mean, again, we always say that, like,
0: even when the FPA was in its like dying hours, like, never underestimate how aware individuals are of the events that surround them. You know, like, Mm -hmm. people like Lutz are not stupid; they can see what's going on here. The problem, as always, is like these kind of things have so
1: capable of changing them. Right, they have so much
0: mass and momentum to them that, like, it can be very difficult to stop something once it's begun. Uh, we return back to Rubinski, who is just channeling his most fucking off-brand Lex Luthor shit,
1: wearing this like, open shirt and
0: yes, drinking so, like fucking chest hair just bursting out from like the unbuttoned like like polo he's wearing, <laughs> like you know, just drinking uh, his like, you know his Faison whiskey or whatever. You know, waxing poetic to uh, Dominique, who is. I think this bottle also says Alpha Seal on it, actually. It doesn't actually say Alpha Seal? Okay, that's great. I didn't even notice that. That's fantastic. Somehow fucking Rubinsky, that fucking snake, getting his hands on that Alpha Seal whiskey as well. (laughs) But yeah, so Rubinsky admits that uh, he doesn't really care whether Lane succeeds or not. What he really wants is uh, for Lane to kill an innocent person. Because now, like. Regardless of what Lang accomplishes, um mm-hmm. Rubinsky benefits. Because should right. Lang succeed in implicating Roythal and posing Roythal, then good job. You got Roythal out of the picture. Yep. But should Lang fail and an internal inquiry be like, you know, targeted towards him, eventually it's gonna be found out that he had Baltic assassinated and his career is also ruined. So yep. either way either Rubinsky takes a piece off of Reinhardt's table. Yep. He wins either way. Indeed. With that taken care of, uh, Dominique is basically just like,
1: she's kind of taking this kind of... Boy, you're sure a <laughs> snake. You're, you're sure a snake, Rubinsky.
0: Yeah, she just kind of started taking this weird, like, subversive tone against Rubinsky. Like, I think, I mean, we have seen this ever since Rupert's death. Like, it's hard to tell if Dominique right. actually cared for Rupert, but one way or another, Either Dominique... Way, she was just
1: not really okay with the, him being shot up uh,
0: I think, for better words, I think it's just that Dominic is beginning to become very aware of like Rubinsky's very like moral, like <laughs> morally ambiguous. To not even begin to describe Rubinsky's <laughs> methods, but like yeah. you know, you know what I mean. Like there's probably like Dominic once upon a time like, well, Rubinsky's a powerful man doing what needs to be done. But now she's like, oh, he's just doing some really ratchet shit here. But also, I don't know how. uh, I don't know how. uh, Altruistic Dominique is because there are some things yeah. she does in these next couple of scenes that
1: also throw her motivations into uh, question. She uh, heads to another room where it's revealed that they have Elfrid yes. and and her child. Uh, uh, I also want to point out. I really want to point out real quick. So this scene, they're back in Rubens
0: Keys like mountain cabin, right? But uh, the scene in which he was meeting with Lang was in like some kind of fucking super villain underwater base, That's right? It was like. How many like was that Lang's base or is that Rubinsky's? Like, how many hidden bases does
1: Rubinsky have? Like, I mean, like <laughs> was the land of Fazan? I'm sure he's got plenty of weird I know, but path. it's just like
0: it's just like, was that like on the same planet? Like, is is, is he still a Fazan? Is he like, hang on, I gotta leave my mountain cabin. I'm meeting with a client at my fucking underwater base. Like, Had
1: a back cave, uh, like <sighs>
0: yeah, it's just Rubinsky is so much sometimes but uh but yeah so dominic visits alfred um basically blah 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 like dominic is basically saying i can help you if you help me and like mm-hmm. it's hard to tell if dominic is doing this as an agent of rubinsky or if El- dominic has her own plans for how she plans to manipulate alfred's yeah. her own means um but uh afterwards dominic returns and we see uh for the first time in this show. Uh, yeah. Rubinsky's showing
1: weakness. Yes, he's freaking out on the couch. Apparently he's having seizures. Yes, and apparently this has not been the first time. To not have them.
0: (laughs) Yes, yes. We find out that uh, Rubinsky has been suffering from chronic seizures, and uh, the occurrences have been slowly becoming more and more
1: frequent as of late. And uh, I do have to like my thought instantly here was that Dominique is somehow involved in this, maybe secretly poisoning him. Yes, because you
0: notice a specific detail.
1: Right. So earlier in are drinking, uh, you know, Rubinsky's enjoying his uh, fancy whiskey. And uh, but Dominique, we get like a shot of Dominique's glass, which is full. But and like has condensation all over it, which means she has not been drinking any of it. Uh, it's just sitting yes. there. So and, I was uh, like, oh, she's hmm. She put something in this, yeah.
0: Like, like I think I think that's a good thing to point out. I think only someone of uh someone of only of your alcoholic caliber could have <laughs> noticed such <laughs> a wow. detail. Wow. Uh, <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> I'm just saying, the the master of drinking, uh, Eero would of course recognize you know such a detail. You know, like. This is why this is why you're on the podcast, because, you know, a fool like me would have not paid any attention to, it you know, but uh, some like you, you know, your, 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 your eye for the details, especially when it comes to alcoholism, Ugh. would have correctly guessed. Aha, yes, this person hasn't been drinking. <laughs> Because I think that someone who drinks a lot would also know uh, what it looks like to not drink a lot, right? So you know, good, <laughs> sure. good, oh, job the, uh, good job on the good job on the top tier analysis. Pulling me out? What? No, I, I, I'm co- I'm complimenting you. Great. <laughs> I'm just, i just I didn't notice that. Only 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 you, only you did. I I would
1: have like fucking just glossed over that scene. <laughs> anyway, uh, she says this might be a. A curse! This is the domain not of a doctor, but of a witch doctor! It's the curse of the Grand Bishop! And also the spell of Rupert Kesselink, who you killed! Right. Rubinsky is
0: not buying any of it, but I think that what we are getting at is that, like, Dominique might be, like, feeding Rubinsky some kind of, like, slow-acting poison, you know, like, just playing the long game Mm -hmm. over, like, the course of, like, months, you know, just
1: worsening his condition, um, He's he's like man, uh, the grand bishop might actually be able to curse people. I hear Kaiser Reinhard hasn't been doing well yes, either. You know, uh,
0: I want I was going to save this for the second part of the podcast, but uh, I want to point out that my speculation was correct, and that like, or my speculation is that Reinhardt is sickly. We don't know if that's actually confirmed or not. But what we are now recognizing is that even in universe, people are recognizing yes. that Reinhardt, is not as healthy as he seems. Like if even someone like Rubinsky is beginning to hear like rumors of Reinhardt's health, like I think we can recognize mm-hmm. that this is like an accepted, like tangible like a uh, a uh, uh, point that is being debated in universe. And yeah, but also yeah So like Dominic mentions the uh the bishop, and now I'm beginning to wonder if like I don't know if Dominic I don't know who dominique is working for here. Like maybe she is an agent of the Earth Bishop, but like or maybe she's just an agent of her own ends. I don't. I guess that's the thing, right? Like we, because mm-hmm. Dominique is only ever seen was only ever seen with either Rupert or Rubinsky. It's hard to really tell, like, yeah. if she is serving a higher power or if she is serving her own ends. But I think the the vibe we are getting from the seed is that one way or another, Dominique is not serving Rubinsky, or at least no longer.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, and uh, so Reinhard uh, officially decrees that. The capital of the new galactic empire is moving to Fazan, and all of the core staff and their departments have to move to Fazan by the end of Except the year. Except Mecklinger. Uh, yes, Mecklinger is in charge of Odin. for oh, Mecklinger, uh, <laughs> uh,
0: I just want to see
1: more of Mecklinger, and this show keeps blueballing yeah. us. So, a lot of everyone, all the like bureaucrats and their families, and. staff and millions of people they specifically point out that
0: kessler head of military police will also be coming to fazan he was previously stationed at odin Mm -hmm. i think this is a very notable thing to point out because as we all recall like kessler was not only like head of military police but like i think was like kind of the de facto head of security for anna rose like i feel like that is the implication and that by moving by moving kessler off of odin and leaving only Mecklinger behind in charge. Like, I'm not saying Mecklinger's gonna do a bad job, but it does make me wonder... With only yes, one man. It does make me wonder if, like, this... This may have some unintended consequences.
1: Yes, and, uh, I mean, Hilda brings this up, asking if they're gonna move Anna Rose to Vrion as well. But uh, Reinhard says, Kirky Ice's grave is on Odin, and uh, even though he moved all of the government stuff to fazan uh for convenience of ruling the galaxy he has no right to move certain right. things
0: so you know in many ways like even though i think let's be real moving adderos to fazan would be the safer choice you know we are once again shown that like at his core reinhardt is a man that is very much swayed by his his emotions his instincts you know his feelings and that mm-hmm. uh Again, uh, again, we'll save the speculation for the second half of this podcast, but I do wonder if, like, this move to Fazan and the kind of further isolation of Anna Rose from the rest of the galaxy may have some unintended side effects. Um, yeah,
1: but uh, before, you know, but no room for that, because Job Trunick, yeah. still here, he's making requests for right. jobs like give me a job i'm a i'm a great administrator right he's threat. asking reinhardt
0: uh, for a job reinhardt is disgusted he's like how could someone so shameless
1: like possibly ask for this and fine i'll just give him a ridiculous position and if he's got any sense of propriety at all he'll have to refuse this absurd. Right. i'm position. gonna make him administrator of heinison directly
0: under Royathol. That's such a ridiculous position. He, there's no way he'd accept. The people of Heidesson would, <laughs> would would lynch him in the streets.
1: Like, right. Nobody. Nobody like, would, would stand like, for this. Only
0: the most. Sh-
1: he'd paint, paint a target right. on his back. And Hilda
0: is like, Hilda's like there in the room. She's like, uh, you know, maybe we should just like kind of, like, just exile him to, like, some backwater planet. Like, we could just make him administrator of, like, bumfuck Nowhereville. Like, he'll have zero influence, he'll never rise again, he will die forgotten on some, like, random planet. And Reinhardt's like, no, I'm gonna humiliate him because that's how the Empire does it. And... Oh, I'll take,
1: take some of the heat off Rienthal from the, the old citizens right. by making it, them it, hate this it's guy. It's like a real
0: comical beat, like it's almost like the same kind of comical beat as like back when like Yang was like all the way back in my conquest is the sea of stars, where Yang was like only a madman would launch nukes in this nebula, and then immediately cuts to Reinhardt saying launch the nukes into the nebula, like <laughs> yes. like Reinhardt is like only the most shameless, fucking spineless piece of shit would ever accept this job, and then the scene cuts to. And then Job Uh, Trudy... Wait, what do you mean he (laughs) accepted? (laughs) Like, the narrator says, Reinhardt had severely miscalculated how shameless of a man Job Trudy could be.
1: And, like, Reinhardt was like, what? Uh, (laughs)
0: Like,
1: how shameless can an individual be? Like... (laughs) Yes. uh, Like... And so... so but nobody can also, now nobody can go against this appointment because it's an order from, the like right, Kaiser himself. Right, because this is an
0: appointment by Kaiser Reinhardt himself. Because Kaiser, Kaiser Reinhardt can also not back down on this or else he looks weak. So, like, he has to push it forward. And now all of his subordinates, like, Mittermeier is, like, literally, like, this doesn't seem right. But if the if the Kaiser says so, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. he also suspects that... Uh, Job likely has some plan to defame Um uh, And then yes. uh, meanwhile Oberstein kind of looks at the y- you can tell that even Oberstein like Oberstein being Oberstein kind of like sighs at this like appointment but he's like well we could still use this. Um, we'll." Uh, yeah. He tells Ferner that uh, we'll just use Trunik to basically smoke out the rest of the Empire Dissidents. Like for better or worse a guy mm-hmm. like Job Trunik is definitely going to be in collusion with like Earth cult and terrorists and all kinds of like subversive elements on Heineson. And we can kind of use him as a lightning rod for those elements. Um, Meanwhile, Ferner kind of walks away, kind of wondering to himself, similar to Lutz, boy, we sure are talking about a lot of purging in this
1: new government. Sure. Getting rid of a bunch of people. uh, What happens when all of the quote unquote dangerous people, or, uh, right, like, of, um, might
0: might all of this, like, internal purging have some unintended consequences? Oh, well. And then, uh, the scene oh, well. we finally get this ridiculous flashback the most fucking, the yes. most fucking ridiculous empire ass thing you can imagine. It's a scene we, we, we flashback to, 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 uh, Reinhardt's childhood. <laughs> we find out that kid Reinhardt was afraid of the dark. He's, uh, screaming oh. for Anna Rose. Dude helping yes, you at uh, the Yes, Rose finds Reinhard, and she gives him a very nice speech about how, because you're blonde-haired, you always have your light with you. You will never be a- Your
1: glorious, your glorious Aryan futures will light <laughs> the way. That's basically what it
0: is. Like, it's some real... I I got it, Buzz. It's a little fucked up. But yeah, she was basically saying that, yes, because you are white and blonde, like, you will always, you will always be the light in the darkness. And I'm like,
1: mmm, mmm. <laughs> All right, Anna Rose. Like, who needs a land- who needs the flashlight if you could just tie Reinhard to a stick and uh, float him in right. front of? us. It's, it's
0: very much like I mean I know that's not Anna Rose's intention, but it's some real fucking like. Don't worry about life being hard. You're white, and it's like, all right, Anna Rose. <laughs> like, this is a this is a very poetic way to spin white privilege, but you do you. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, okay. uh, but yes yeah, so Reinhardt kind of takes it to heart
1: his hair starts glowing fucking super saiyan style uh uh-huh. I wonder if this is stock footage from golden wings
0: yeah I would not be surprised it feels very much like that like very like very flowery very like like there is like a there is a foppish elegance to this scene that is like kind of betrays yes. the usual more grounded nature of the regular OVA um but anyways Reinhardt basically uses this flashback to kind of like hammer the point of like man anna rose was always there for me and then like when she got like kidnapped by the kaiser like i wasn't there for her or something and like
1: and yep and uh yeah and uh we end on that slightly yes. bizarre note and move into episode 86 the last episode yeah. of season three. So we
0: find out that it is now july uh, Kaiser's uh, Yay! Yay! basically started begun to complete the transfer of uh, all of Odin's kind of assets to Fyzan. Uh The news has reached yep. and, Uh
1: And get this whole conversation between Julian and Casano about how uh, now that the Empire controls all space. Basically, like there's really no point in them going after Isalone. It's lost all strategic value because it's no longer a true right. point uh, between the two halves I mean, of the galaxy. It, it, like, I mean, let's be real here. This is something we've been
0: saying since the start of season three. Like, <laughs> since the start of season three, alone has lost its strategic value. Like, the only reason Reinhardt went to war you know, on Iserloan is because of right. Yang Lee. And Julian basically recognizes a few very key important facts about their, like, highly contentious strategic situation. And that is that, A, without Yang, Reinhardt has lost his motivation for conquering Ezerloan. You know, at the end of the day, Reinhardt is a man ruled by his emotions. Like, in many ways, Reinhardt never needed to fight Yang and Iserloan to begin with. But now that Yang is gone, mm-hmm. Reinhardt has lost even that reasoning. Julie recognizes B. Yes, Ezerlone has lost a strategic value because you know if you imagine like the shape of the Galactic Heroes galaxy as like a donut, and like you know <laughs> like Heinisen and Odin are on each are on like you know west and east on opposite That's sides, high. and like Fazan yeah. is north, or actually no, Ezerlone was north, so Fazan is south, galactic and north. Ezerlone was Galactic North. Like without now that like they control Fazan, if Fazan is the new center. Now, Eizalod is the opposite side of the. Now, Eizalod is the new opposite end of the galaxy, and as a result, like there is like no reason for Odin to pass through to Heinesen, because at the end of the day, they'll be going to Fazan first. And finally, Julian recognizes uh one more key thing, and that is that uh it's something he is echoing Yang here, and he's saying that uh before the thing that gives Iserloan its strategic value is when the opposite exits of iserlone are being held by different factions and that should the empire mm-hmm. ever split in such a fashion iserlone will re- regain its strategic value and that this is a yeah, that they must this is an eventuality they must time. prepare for you know i mean they do not know if like look this might happen in like a year five years like 50 years but eventually like yeah no matter how great of a ruler Reinhardt is, the Empire will fracture, and, like, one side or another is going to all of a sudden be knocking at iserlone's doorstep, either as a friend or as a foe, and we will need to be ready. We are told that uh, once the desertion has finished, that less than a million uh, personnel remain at iserlone and to— yep. And it's about two to to one men to women. Yes, to make matters worse. Most
1: of the women are already married Yes, to make matters
0: worse, uh, Izerlo does not
1: have a reliable way to replenish its uh, population, so to speak. Which is important, not because Poplin wants to bang a lot of ladies, but mostly because if they do need to spend a long time waiting for Izerlo to become strategically important again, like they need to keep it staffed and if they're their own weird sovereign little corner they need to be able to replenish right, the population with the lost of
0: El- yes because also with the loss of alpha seal like the island alone is truly <laughs> isolated they have no like they effectively have no civilian government i think we mentioned this last time like Frederica may be right. the new civilian government leadership of the, you know of 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 the what remains of the FPA, but realistically she is the king of nothing. Like there is no civilian government. You know yeah. the civilian the civilian population, the entire civilian population of Izrilod Iserlo- Iserlo- is basically represented exclusively by Casalnu's family. So,
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> right. So they basically say that they're they have to be a military organization and not their own sovereign nation because they're incapable of being. I do like that. There's kind
0: of an aspect of like. Also, we got to figure out a way to attract people back to (laughs) (laughs) load Specifically, Specifically the ladies, yes. Uh, But anyways, after that, we uh, we kind of return to uh, Heinesid where we find out that. uh, the new military that is under Royenthal's jurisdiction has been given the nickname yes. of the Royenthal Force, um, yes, <laughs> because the Neue Land Public Peace Force is a little yes, too much even even for even for people as self-important as the gov- as the right as, as the Empire. Uh, they also like mm-hmm. their uh, short na- uh, shortened names: uh,
1: Bergundurun. They note that he has like five million soldiers yes. under his command. So just to give
0: a, just just to give some like yes perspective, the entirety of Ezer numbers less than a million, and of that less than a million, about half at most is explicitly military personnel. Meanwhile, Rutil commands five million on his own, um, and we find out that. Yep. It- Yes, military. we find out that he starts to make some uh, some some uh, some new military appointments for his new newly minted uh, force. Yes. Uh, we find out that Bergengrunn, the kind of former Kirky eyes um, subordinate who still has a bone to pick with Oberstein, uh, is assigned to Inspector General. Um, we are told that uh, a couple of admirals are not too happy about this assignment, um, specifically kind of the young mm-hmm. bucks. Uh, right All yes they're a little time. annoyed because even though they're less experienced they're like well we served under reinhardt and it's like mm, you know you i'm like no you guys like fucking cool your jets like y'all y'all fuck, right. both of y'all fucked up so bad in the last few battles i can't i cannot imagine you guys thinking you deserve like a higher military appointment like let's not forget who almost got completely fucking dunked on in bucock's final
1: battle like earlier in season three um. Yep. But uh, yes, uh, they they point someone named Julius El- Elzheimer to a chief of civil affairs, and narrator notes that purely by coincidence, uh, this guy is married to Lutz's yes. sister. <laughs> Which like <laughs> just a very okay. completely really random,
0: just like oh, by the way. But yeah, that is a very galactic heroes yeah, like, like a aside. Uh sure narrator. Look, man, anytime they do something like that, I'm like, nah, this character's good. This is gonna matter
1: later for some reason. <laughs> Oh, but, I don't know. Uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Maybe. And also, uh, by order of the Kaiser himself, what <laughs> John Trunick sent yes. over. Breithal, uh,
0: also incredulous at this assignment, but like everybody else, is like, uh, well, if the Kaiser
1: wills it, <sighs> all right. Welcome welcome to the job, but also, Job. But also, he's like, if he does anything, yeah, we'll yes, just kill him.
0: Right. Uh, Roythal says, we'll use Job Trudic to his maximum, you, you know, his maximum potential, but the first, ti- first time he fucks up, like, we'll bring the axe down on him.
1: Uh, Not even fire yes. him. Uh, then
0: is notified that uh, the Easer des- uh, deserters are arriving on Heinesen and that they kind of need to figure out what to do. uh, Reuthal, uh mm-hmm. It's a pretty I mean, reasonable I mean, here's the thing. Reutel is not a nice man, but I think he's a fairly reasonable right. man. Like, regardless, or the way I would put it is, like, regardless of Reutel's own personal feelings on these deserters, like, even if Reutel himself mm-hmm. actually wanted to execute he- these deserters, if
1: Reutel... You he, he would also know it's a right. Roythal's the kind of
0: guy it. where he is like he is ruthless, but he's also pr- and pragmatic. But he's also like fairly rational about like when to apply those traits and when to like do the like smarter thing. And so, Roythal offers mm-hmm. amnesty to all the loan defectors. However, high-ranking officers must be uh, registered to a uh, a database, essentially, uh, and in that yeah.
1: database, and the highest the highest ranks must be have to like. Fingerprinted yes, yes. and all that, and like renew registration yes. regularly, basically
0: keeping tabs on them. Uh, and in that list, Roenthal finds one, uh, Vice Admiral Mirai.
1: Yeah, and uh, uh how odd that such a high up uh staff member yes, would defect. Yes,
0: Reunthal kind of. Roythal being Royanthal kind of like he immediately recognizes that okay, a guy like Mariah does not actually defect because he's lost faith in the cause. Like a man like Mariah defects because there's something to be gained from this. However, Mar- Roythal right. arrives at a different conclusion. He suspects that Mariah defects because he might be an agent in similar Acting like as an agent. Right, he might be acting as an agent similar to Ansbach. you know, that like he kind of flashes mm-hmm. back to like, you know the attempted assassination of Reinhardt and he's like somebody who defects like this has a goal and we should keep a close eye on them. Now, whether that actually amounts right. to anything or not, you know, remains to be seen. But for now the idea is that I think, like...
1: I do like it as, I do like it as just like, because we know what Mariah's intentions were um, from seeing those scenes earlier, but Log- like, logically, there's no way Roenthal would know that. And, you know, he, like, uh, considering the information he has access to, he's taking yeah, totally I rational Yeah, I mean, I think steps. this is what
0: we've always said we've loved about this show, is, like, even though Roenthal technically arrives at an incorrect conclusion, he arrives at it... Also yes, for rational reasons. reasons, based on the information he has. These these are reasonable things to do to Mirai, for, you know, for better or worse. And, uh... Afterwards, um... Uh we uh we kind of <laughs> Rointhal has one despite we joke about how bad a PR Roythal is, Rointhal has one last PR move in his uh, back <laughs> pocket. And that is as the new kind of like official administrator to Noye Land, he officially uh he officially uh recognizes and praises uh uh memorializes uh Yang Wenli. Um, mm-hmm holds a fancy service and everything uh officially recognizes the actions of yangwen li essentially say that this man was not a criminal he was a hero a patriot blah 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 like however reuthal be Roythal, he mainly does this because he suspects that like by doing this he gets to position himself as like Oh yeah, I was a friend of Yang Wen Li, and I respected him. But also has the knock-on effect of that any FPA resentment that might be held towards like uh, um, the death of Yang Wen Li will now be aimed at the deserters instead, because now Royal has effectively set up a social condition in which anybody who is mad about Yang's death can now aim it at Hey, how about you fucking deserter guys, like who like fucking abandoned Yang Wen Li in his time of need? Fuck you guys. You know, instead of, you know, right. the real person they should be aiming, their. uh
1: There's no need for him to, like, persecute the right. deserters. The, when they'll the do it themselves. Do it. Um, finally. And, uh, yeah, on a Heineson, we get the yes. old trio, the Undoobinus squad, yes, uh, Boris Konev yes, and company. And company, yes, the other two guys. Mar- Marinesk and Kerry uh, Cobra Willock. Yes, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm amazed you could still remember their
0: names, but yes. I've got screenshots. Right, right all here. right. <laughs> Anyways, yes. Yeah, so they're just like walking around on the streets of Heineson, like, and yeah. um, they, uh, tangent, by sheer coincidence, see a bald man crossing the street. And I guess Konev is a fucking master yeah. fucking tracker or something because he's like, wait a minute, that guy. I've seen that bald head before. That's the bald head of De Villiers, <laughs> the fucking arch bit, like the one of the bishops of the Earth Court. Right.
1: And, uh, yeah, when the higher-ups actually, considering the Grand Bishop appears to have been crushed, Devillier might be the head of the Earth Cult Actually, now. yes,
0: that's a good point. He might actually be the de facto leader of the Earth Cult. And so Konev kind of follows them, and they tread Devillier to a the household of one job trunit. And um kind of Konev comments that things are about to oh, get interesting yeah. on Heineson. I I
1: yep. We've known for many, many, many episodes that trinic has been in yes, bed with the Colts. I cannot so. help but chuckle that like Kodev recognizes this, but then makes like
0: no comment about like, oh, maybe we should tell the authorities. He's just like, nah, let these fuckers like <laughs> Right, tear let these fuckers tear each other apart. Fuck like. So uh so yes. Uh after that, we kind of finally return back to Ezerlone. We find out that uh Julian has... has begun recording his own star log. Um
1: Yep. And uh it's like recording and thinking back to Yang Wenli, ghost Yang Wenli, giving him
0: yes, advice. Uh, Julian is kind of concerned about some very real issues about the survival of Iserlone. Uh Julian is, of course, concerned that uh, in some ways, perhaps, that uh, a Republican democracy can now only subsist on Young's memory. That uh, in many ways, kind of yes. echoing the conversation we had in the prior podcast, that perhaps in some ways, Iserlone will only survive for as long as we can basically, like, exploit Yang's ghost, Yang's memory, as, like, a martyr
1: for a liberal democracy. Which also, ironically, means accepting the effectiveness of reactionary terrorism by making Yang Winley's death a meaningful one for their own purposes you see
0: Julian kind of like wrangling with a lot of very difficult topics in this kind of internal monologue of his. And like, it is interesting to kind of like see Julian, like Julian, the man he is kind of bouncing off of Julian, the like, or, or Julian's memories of young Wenli. Lee, like he has a conversation with like ghost young, but it's not really a conversation in the same way that like Reinhardt had conversations with ghost Kirky eyes. This feels more like, this feels more like Julian is in his right mind, but he's kind of recalling important things young has said in the past. And, like, trying to, like, bounce those off of, like, it's, like, it, it's, it's a very, like, bittersweet thing of, like, Yang is no longer there to give Julian new advice, so now Julian must just rely on the advice Yang has already given him while he was alive, and, like, yeah, Julian wow. is just, he's really doing his best to, like, try to, like, figure out, like,
1: how do we do this? How do we do
0: this? Like, we are truly in, like, a, a like, this is a truly grim position for, like, Iserlone and, you know, the remains of the FPA, but, uh.
1: Even Julian's got, even yep, like they they have to use yeah, Yang's image. Like they have to, to. keep like, it going, even though
0: like it's something Yang never would have wanted. Like we don't have a choice. Like this is why we have these big portraits of Yang Wen Lee everywhere now, because like Yang would have hated it. But like in the same way that, well, we'll get into this later. Anyways, uh, even Julian has to eat sometimes though, so he's go to the now very empty cafeteria uh, where he runs into Karen right. and. Uh, Karen kind of uh channeling some uh, <laughs> Karen's kind of channeling some like late nineties Tsundere vibes here, uh, which is perhaps fitting considering the time period these episodes of
1: uh Galactic Heroes start yeah. to air in. She hands him uh, she hands him a, a questionable beverage stated to be a fatigue remedy passed down in the Kreutzer yes, family for yes, generations. Yeah.
0: It tastes awful apparently, but uh, you know, you could kind of tell that this is kind of Karen's own roundabout way of trying to uh, try to get along with Julian better. Uh Like, you can tell she is not trading as many barbs with Julian and, you know, that... uh,
1: I think for better, like, for as much as he fucks up every single time he talks to her, his taking on the responsibilities of the new situation or something that she respects. Yeah,
0: like, this is a very... I think I think I think most people have recognized like how heavy of a burden Julian has kind of put on himself and uh, are kind of reacting accordingly. But uh,
1: like, luckily, we she talks to oh, uh, yeah. yeah, she talks about how great Frederica is as well. <laughs> they have this conversation about her. Yeah,
0: yeah, that like how Frederick herself has also kind of taken on a a tremendous burden and like one that she was not even traditionally trained for. Like at least Julian like mm-hmm. is nominally like this promotion is not unthinkable. Like, he is a mil- he is military right. in some regard, but, like, Frederica has fully transferred from military leadership to civilian leadership. But, yeah, and then we kind of cut over, we kind of pan over to, like, a plant in the background, and I wish, in my perfect version of Galactic Heroes, like, Poplin's head would have popped out from behind the bush, like, fucking Scooby-Doo, uh, right. yeah, Scooby-Doo style. Get like a head, like yeah. head stack but like... uh, instead we just find out that uh, oh, yeah, Poplin that. and, and uh, Dusty are also in the cafeteria kind of eavesdropping on Julian and Karen they're kind of having some fun uh-huh. Um, you know uh, <laughs> I, I like this one bit here about like Poplin just fucking roasting the shit out of Dusty like he's like less than one is still uh... zero when it comes to like sexual conquests or something <laughs> It's a very really uh, fucking, it's a, it fucking roasts the shit out of Dusty. It's, <laughs> uh, I, I love those two, and I'm glad they're still here to do their thing.
1: Right. Um, I'm glad we can still talk, sh- they can still talk yes, shit about each other. Yes, uh, but uh,
0: finally, we kind of cut to a kind of a, a kind of convening of the remaining leadership of Loan because we need to discuss the yes. new name of our organization.
1: Indeed, very important. Coming up with yes. a good name,
0: you know, we kind of—it's like coming up with a good catchphrase. Yeah, I mean, in many ways, important. like it's fun to poke at, but this is a very real thing. Like names are a huge deal with organizations. Like it can, it can define mm-hmm. like for better or worse. It can define like your like the cultural memory of your organization for like the rest of its existence. Like right,
1: as they point out, like if they just call themselves like Democratic Republicans republic nation like that's instantly positioning themselves as blatantly antagonistic right to the and empire. then all of a sudden the empire does in fact have a pressure have a newfound pressure
0: to stamp this out you know it's like but it's it mm-hmm. can be even minor things like is your name one that can be like easily like shortened into like a like insulting nickname can is your organization have like like if 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 do the initials of your organization spell out something embarrassing like these are like legitimate concerns real world organizations have you know like you know you don't want to be like the association of the solar sailors or something you know like because like that'll (laughs) that will dog you to the end of Uh your days like these are important things to think about like it's why like Fucking Poplin's like, oh, we should just call ourselves the Yang Commune or something, or like the the
1: Ezerlon commune. commune. And Dusty points Dusty's out, Dusty's that- like, no, everything that's been a fucking commune always fails, man. Right, every single organization in the history of
0: mankind that has called itself a commune has failed. And uh, they decide to go with the kind of like, kind of middling but inoffensive Ezerlon uh, Republic government. You know, I think this is a good, yep. solid, like, it, it denotes the location, it denotes that they are indeed a civil government and not a military organization, and that they are a republic, but not explicitly a democracy. And, like, as a result, like, they kind of put out that this is a name that, like, positions themselves in, in opposition to the empire, but not in a way that, like, is necessarily ideolo- ideological, but more, like, political. And, like, while they are indeed opposed to Reinhardt, like, ideologically, they, you know, they need to go with a name that does not, like, explicitly insult him or his government, basically. So that is why they cannot call themselves yeah. the Fuck Kaiser Reinhardt Party.
1: Um, yep. Uh, narrator notes that, uh, they, uh, are oft- were often referred to as the new government in August by people yes. at the time or whatever. And also that, uh, well, none of them were really politicians. Also, when Ollie Heinesen escaped uh, the Empire 300 years ago, he didn't have any politicians yes. either. The common people were oppressed by autocracy and persevered yes. through, you know, and their that, position. Uh,
0: and that great men are not born. Like, you know, the, right. the narrator kind of makes it, like specifically points out, like, yes, the origins of this new government, the origins of this new republic the, of, of, of Iserloan, they may be humble and there might not be like a single, like truly important person in this government, but like in many ways, yes. So, so what? what? Yes. To so dust, what? one Dusty Attenborough, so what? Um, Frederica gives a speech, you know, they uh, basically says that like, you know, thank you all f- who have stayed here with us. Like we got a tough road ahead of us, but, and I will be depending on, you know, your efforts. And I hope that someday, you know, I will be able to thank you once again for uh, what you have done for keeping the scene of democracy alive. And thankfully we got Poplin and Dusty there to be the hype men for the, uh, the Republic government because they just start hooting and hollering, which gets everybody else kind of getting going. Fucking one, you know, once again, uh, Poplin echoing his own preferred slogan for their new government, uh, die Kaiser Reinhardt (laughs) or fuck the Kaiser. Um everybody starts yep. breaking into the and, uh, uh the FPA <laughs> um
1: FPA anthem. The fucking FPA anthem, which like last heard was supporting like Job Trunic's terrible warmongering yes, but, like
0: it's it, it
1: very much like, is an interesting shift because like you can tell like this time around,
0: like this anthem is being sung by people who truly believe in that anthem. Like they truly believe in right. what Yangwen Lee was fighting for, and like because, cause in many ways, like you just know that Yang Lee would have hated people singing the national anthem in his honor. Oh, yeah. But like at the same time, it's like you got to let the people have this, like because like they what they're mm-hmm. doing here, it's more about the intent and their heart is here and their hearts are the right place. They're here to like sing in support of like the memory of Yang Wen Lee and sing to the future of you know a liberal democracy. They're
1: singing for their for their ideals of democracy, not for the name of the yes, Free science that... Uh, in the end, the
0: the narrator points out that uh the uh the Galactic Empire's <laughs> total population numbers forty billion versus the less than a million mm. um at Iserloan. Uh-huh. And that if one were due to do the math, that uh Iserlo and the uh the true supporters of a true democracy number in less than one out of like 40 140 one forty thousandth? of a percent one one out of four hundred twenty five thousand and yeah, we did the math i believe this is a point zero 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 like seven five percent of the galactic population <laughs> believe uh, in, uh, in democracy
1: uh, yeah but you know humble beginnings but uh the loam grand the loam grand dynasty has uh not fully uh unified no, they have the not. there is but a tiny fraction left but uh (laughs) and with that we end season three of legend of the galactic heroes yes and uh
0: (laughs) it's a hell of a it's a hell of a it's a hell of a way to cap off this season you know but uh i think in many ways this has been this is what uh this show has always done with its like kind of season finales their last couple of episodes if i have always kind of been more of a, a denouement you know a a cleanup you know the climax always tends to happen a few episodes prior you know, then you have an episode or two hmm. kind of dealing with the 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 consequences, the fallout of those climaxes, and now we kind of have here kind of setting up um, what I think are going to be some very interesting conflicts on the horizon. You know, uh, we're not going <laughs> to yeah. get into it now because we still have another part of this podcast. But uh, I think that as always, this show continues till like, I do a good job of like justifying and cap- captivating our interest. Um, I will. I will say, and again, maybe I'll save the 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 majority of this conversation for the next part. I do have my my worries. Like, I do fear that with the loss of Yang Wen Li, I fear that we are going to like the focus is going to skew more and more into the Empire's favor in season four. I suspect that's going to be the case. I think that would be a shame. I think that like I truly think that Julian deserves like. I think Julian deserves a whole fucking season just to like him like come to terms with the burdens of leadership but I know we're probably not going to get that and that's a shame but you know like we joke but like like we were joking like earlier in the season but now I truly feel like at the end of season 3 man I think this OVA actually needed more episodes (laughs) (laughs) maybe uh... <laughs> like i legitimately think that like maybe 110 episodes j- might not be enough to cover the entirety of the story that this sh- this uh, this show is trying to tell us but uh you know that it is it is the story we have and so i think on that note um we're gonna close up for this part of the podcast um you know we're gonna we're gonna take a break you know and then when you guys come back we're gonna have a uh, we're gonna have a we're gonna have a, a couple of other guests with us to kind of discuss uh, kind of our thoughts about season three, our baseless speculation about what's to come, maybe some more fun topics to lighten the mood, you know. So uh, until then, we will see you guys in just a moment. You've returned to Legend of the Glorio Heroes after that very short break. We're here and ready to continue talking about our takes and reactions to the legendary 1988 science fiction OVA's third season. In these trying times, we need the manpower wherever we can get it. While I think the folks at Easerlohn... Made the right choice, you know, with letting the uh, the deserters and the fair weather fans go. Uh, we run things differently here on my ship. Even if uh, even if it's from dubious sources or of questionable caliber, sometimes you just need extra warm bodies to throw into the fray. That's why we've enlisted the services of two guests who uh, some of you might be familiar with. Uh first uh well of course firstly, uh as always I'm your host G, and with me as always is my co host Eero.
1: Yeah, I'm uh, still here. You know, somehow, I, yes. Yeah, you, know, you
0: use that literal same bit at the first half of this podcast. I, I'm uh-huh. telling you. Also, you're... like we keep
1: calling this ludgery nineteen eighty eight OVA, but <laughs> we're firmly into the mid nineties. Yes, yeah, but I mean true.
0: you you designate a show by its start date. I, I, I think that is appropriate. Sure. Uh, but It anyways, still
2: embodies the spirit of 80s anime. Exactly,
0: exactly. <laughs> yeah. The voice you just heard there was, uh, you know what? I'm proud of calling this. We have ourselves here a Commodore Gel. Uh, oh, I've he, been promoted. Yeah, congratulations. <laughs> well, actually, uh, some say, rumors say that actually Commodore Jell was once an admiral, but after the dissolution of the Glorio fleet, he's now here to offer us his services here. So uh, welcome back, Jell. I, I,
2: I will do what I can.
0: Yes, I hope your uh, Commodore clipboard game is on point today.
2: <laughs> it always is.
0: And uh, also with us is uh, former Gloro, Glorio Italian correspondent Marlon. I I honestly have no clue what is your deal these days. You're here in the States, though, which means you're available to record at a reasonable hour. Yeah. So uh, I'm not going to complain.
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm ba- I'm back for all the, uh, the the free whiskey. Give me what all Poplin gets. I, I feel like uh, th- that's the only thing keeping me on Israel at this rate. I mean, the
0: Alpha Seal brand, as we've seen, is a uh, very popular. I mean, across the is, galaxy, across the galaxy, <laughs> enjoyed by everyone from the common man, like you know Olivier Poplin, to uh, to to luminaries such as uh, Adrian Rubinsky. So uh, <laughs> I mean, clearly, it's no,
2: it's no super whiskey, but it's yeah, no, still pretty
1: good. But
0: you know, I think I'm. I'm at this point, I won't uh, accept lately, that. Uh, you
1: can only call it super whiskey. It was distilled on Earth, I believe. <laughs>
0: Honestly, at this point, I'm willing to bet that Alpha Seal whiskey is probably the real stuff, and that Super whiskey is like, let's be honest, Job Trend probably doesn't even have that great. So like taste of those, alcohol. like those
1: assholes in like Silicon Valley who're like, we're making chemical whiskey. Right, we just we're isolated all so of the things whitewater. that are in regular whiskey and put together in a lab, and it's just like the real thing, guys. Yeah, let's I, I, sell this for forty five dollars a bottle. When you could I, get like a perfectly good regular ass whiskey for like twenty dollars bottle, mm-hmm. anyway, and you,
0: and you got mad at me for uh, for turning your your extensive knowledge into a yeah. bit in the first half of this podcast, <laughs> but um, off my back. Oh yeah, we we, we <laughs> haven't
2: we haven't heard that part yet. So, uh. <laughs> Don't
0: worry, it's very funny. I think, <laughs> and definitely not a call out in the slightest. <laughs> but uh, but yes, yes. So uh, we should uh we can't just, uh, poke fun at each other all day. So, uh, we should get right into it because I think this is going to be a, a hell of a segment of this, of this venerable podcast. Uh, if, if, uh, you, the listener are familiar with our prior wrap up podcasts, uh, you have a general idea of how this goes. You know, we're gonna, we're gonna kind of, uh, kind of lay out our, our general thoughts and feelings on the season, you know, kind of, uh, our, our our reactions, our takes, our favorite moments and episodes. We'll probably get into uh, you know some very baseless speculation. You know, maybe have a oh, few funner yeah. uh, funnier, funnier topics here. <laughs> good, good. I want to hear everybody's most crackpot theories today. And I want, to, I want them. I want them here. I want them recorded because I think that as we approach season four, it is time for everybody to start like locking in your bets, you know. Because uh, I want to return.
1: The roulette wheel is approaching the point in time where bets are closed.
0: Yes, bets are closing. I want people to make their commitments, and then we can uh, see where those chips land uh, next. Uh, next time we all we all convene, but uh, yeah. So. I guess we should just get to, uh, kind of the, uh, the first topic, uh, the first big topic we kind of have here on our list, which, uh, we should just, uh, we should just, uh, get this out of the way, shall we? Um, you know, I think that, uh, despite the, you know, I think we've all had fun watching Legend of the Galactic Heroes, but, uh, I think, uh, I think this season kind of ended on a real, uh, a real, a real, uh, dour note, and, uh, I think all of us here are here because uh, I think we all have something to say. We all have something we want to mention about, uh, our celebration of the life and times of young Lee. You know, I don't, I don't want to make this segment too sad, but please, you know, if you, if you got, I feel like you got, if you have your definitive statements, your final words you'd like to make on the man, you know, <laughs> here for posterity. I, uh, I think now is the time, you know, I think, uh, the listeners have kind of heard me and Eero kind of go through our reactions. So, Jell uh, or Marlin, if you have anything you'd like to add, you know, uh, now is the time.
2: Yeah, that's a that's a tall uh, tall order there. To uh, I was oh, starting off <laughs> on a really fun
0: topic. I'm sorry. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean, I, I most most of what my feelings pretty much echo what you guys said. I mean, we we kind of knew this was inevitable and in some ways we kind of felt like it was inevitable by the end of season three right it didn't make it any less painful to watch yeah. i mean i also i think g you also said it was one of the most difficult works of fiction to watch ever uh N- yeah not just him not just his death and how like how he died but then like the aftermath especially of seeing everybody's reactions and how they were handling it because they really, really got into detail of, you know, how, uh, you know, his final thoughts and then moving on to everybody's final thoughts. And they, they, you know, went, went around the room to everybody. I I, I think, I think Julian telling Frederica was the worst of it. Oh yeah. Uh, that yeah. was really difficult to take, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it, they, they. I think they handled it really well thematically and everything, though. And maybe we'll talk a bit more about that later. And that, you know, Yang stuck to his ideals throughout the show. Uh, in some ways, you know, there were a lot of fluky things that led to his assassination there. But, I mean, in some ways, that's ultimately what kind of got him killed. And you can't... And you, but you have to, you know, admire you know what he represented what he's going to continue to represent in the show as we kind of saw in the last couple episodes with a uh, ghost young uh, talking show. <laughs> <to him. laughs> right but uh you know it's uh it's going to be really interesting to see like where the show goes now that you know what is you know arguably the most important person you know especially from our perspective yeah you know, we're, we're we've always been on team Young's, like well, team Young, like where are we going from here and it's a huge huge uh hole in the show to fill yeah
0: i mean let it be said this show has always had a always had a keen knack for how to kind of just upend the status quo in ways that i mean i think in prior seasons it it, it upended the status quo in unpredictable ways you know the the rise of the the reveal and the rise of the Earth cult themselves, you right. know, the dissolution of the FPA. And I think that this is a status quo change we all expected on some level, but the way it was I carried mean, out, I think, still really blindsided a lot of us.
3: Those endings could only foreshadow for so long. <laughs> Just, you know, it is one of the things where our watching experience has probably made this even harder, that... On high dive, you know, it shows you the next episode title at the end if you watch it all the way to the end. So I watched, you know, I watched the Battle of the Quarter back to back to back, and then I see the next episode title,
2: The Magician Never Returns, and it's like you kind of can't, you kind of can't avoid the seeing like the thumbnails yeah, sometimes. That's
0: that's really unfortunate that High Dive yeah. has because I mean I think that for like I mean for better or worse I think for like ninety nine percent of anime that's probably fine,
3: mm-hmm. but.
0: For Legend of the Galactic Heroes specifically, which like maybe somewhat somewhat to its own detriment as well, is like yeah, so I, heavy I on the we, spoilers in its. like... I think
2: we do have to put some of the blame on the show for having <laughs> such spoilers. Like, the, like the narrator, like like even if you're not even if you're not watching the previews, like we all stopped watching the previews for the <laughs> most part, right? The narrator got no. Can go back film. and
1: watch the preview for uh, episode two, which. Uh, goes straight from this is the next episode to shot of young slept against the wall (laughs) (laughs) covered in blood yeah i wasn't even paying attention
3: i I just always let it go to the end
0: yeah it's just it's it's kind of wild i mean and it it does make me wonder like how much of that is just like how much I, i guess because you know we don't have the the context of like the show releasing at the time, you know, and we're not, we're not from the country it originated from, but, like, I, I do wonder sometimes if, like, was Legend of the Galactic Heroes just a more well-known property in Japan at the time? Like, I have no idea. Like, was Yang's death, like, an open secret when it was airing? Like, even as early as, like, episode one, like, were the people watching that OVA the people who had read the books? I, so I was like, thinking, yeah.
4: Because, like, you know, question. there's
3: that scene where... There's this obviously really well drawn image of Young lying in the hallway, and I feel like that had to be some kind of like novel insert, right? Like, I mean, it it um, almost I'm, looked like that. I'm not sure I'd go
0: that far. I, I I think that like I mean, I think a lot of older anime definitely did the like you know that's the Osta no
2: Joe, uh, yeah. Closing, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. You know, I think I think a lot of anime did that, so I'm not sure I'd go, I, I'd go that far, but. Uh, you know uh but yeah you know I think I think in a lot of ways like this this death like I think you know look I think we all love Kirky eyes you know mm-hmm. God rest his soul r i p Kirky eyes the g o a t but I think in many ways like I think now I think we could say that young has definitely been you know the loss of young is definitely this kind of this shows like most impactful death yeah. kind of just oh, in terms question. of what it represents, like in terms of like what it means for season four, like and it, like our yeah. our speculation, like I mean, it.
3: it sorry, just, go ahead. Marlon. I was thinking of what you guys said last episode. And it really did hit me the idea of when uh, I think it was Casalnuor or someone says, or maybe it was Julian saying that like terrorism can't define history and how you know us living in a post 9 11 world. Know that that is like that. You know, they couldn't have known what tragically yeah, it false. Could be so <laughs> tragically false that like what the real power of the death of a single person, or you know, that just a really momentification really.
1: Could I mean, be. even in, even like a couple episodes later, even a couple episodes later, they talk about how to make a meaning out of Yang Li's death. They have to. They have to acknowledge the victims right. of terrorism
0: right like julian is forced to contend with the reality that like the way that young is being used in you know after his death is the way like young never would have wanted to be used but like the need you know the needs of like iser survival require them to you know commercialize is not the right word but like exploit young's death you know glorify it because
3: yeah it it does make me wonder if this will make julian rethink like because you know young when lee was great but he's not infallible i wonder if it will make julian kind of think about how he can develop what he learned from young and you know build upon it you know learn from young's naivete and try
0: i mean i think that yeah uh, that's a good point marlin and i think that is kind of what frederica is kind of hinting at when she tells julian that like you'll never be able to live up to Yang Wenli because you are not Yang Wenli. Like, there are things that you just cannot do that only he could do, and conversely, there are things you will do that Yang could never dream of accomplishing because, like, you are different people with different skill sets. Like, like, on some level, yeah, we know that Julian is... He... <clears throat> like, in many ways, the best thing about him is that he inherited Yang's spirit, his, like, his idealism, but, like, he has also inherited, like, the practicality of those, like, Casalnew and Shenkop, you know? He, uh, if nothing else, like, Julian, like, at least is better with a gun than Yongwen <laughs> <Lin> Lee.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> you know? He, uh,
2: he does seem to be a bit more pragmatic, for sure.
0: Like, put it this way, like, I'm not sure how much of a difference it would have made, because let's be real, Young. I don't, think, I don't think we ever see Yang, like, holding a gun in the entirety of Legend, like, other than to, like, hand <laughs> right, one to another person. To like, I think,
2: you know, when he gives his
0: gun to <laughs> Bagdashu. But, like, I don't, tr- like, I straight- would not trust Yang with a gun despite his military training. <laughs> like, he probably hurts someone.
2: Like- Might do more harm than good.
0: <laughs> but, like, you know, like, you just know that, like, if Yang and Julian had switched places, like, Julian would have his sidearm on him. And, like, you know he could get some mm. work done with it. But like, and like, it's stuff like that that already makes him like an intrinsically different person and you know, I'm real like, I, I'm definitely curious, like, how does Julian grow in ways that are like both what he has learned from Yang, but also what you know, what does he take away from uh, you know, his own experiences uh, Nero, yeah. do you uh, have any remaining thoughts about the dearly departed Yang Wenli?
1: Uh, he was Yang Wenli uh <laughs> <laughs> The best that ever lived. The, the magician, best that ever the will be. Yeah, sure. The source um, of disease. Yep. So that's that's the source the of disease. disease.
0: <laughs> uh, uh,
1: that was always my favorite epithet. I think was yeah. Yeah. Young Lee, the source of disease. Um, so good.
0: So good. Just I. I feel bad. I. I, I kind of wish I had written down every single epithet Young ever accrued over yeah. the course of his career. I can't. There are so many now. I cannot pull right. them from memory anymore. You know, the Hero of Alpha Seal, the Magician Miracle mm-hmm. Young.
2: Can list, right. all, the, I list all the blood oaths that went on.
3: <laughs> <laughs> this is
0: probably you know.
3: kids, his kids can't get their vengeance.
0: Chaps yeah. kids um, will never get their vengeance now.
1: Unless they join the Earth Cult. Um, uh. It's just perhaps a statement suited to the show as a whole. Uh, and We kind of talked about this in the previous podcast um, about how the show is allowing us to better relate to actual politics. But like mm-hmm. I probably could not have, um, like, really noted the strength of the like strengths of democracy compared to dictatorship before the show. I think like Yang mm. Yang's continued insistence and like explanations and stuff, are something that has really stuck with me as like yeah. giving me a better understanding of uh, that sort of stuff, particularly because yeah. like I read a lot of let's say fantasy fiction where there's a lot of focus on the hero, you know, like saving the day and fixing everything. And kingdom, right. Well, Yeah. And then also the like monarchies and right, yeah, like exactly. the, the, the maintaining there's, of
0: the status quo. I think there's just and- a per-
1: persistent idea in fiction that, you know, the, the hero or heroine or whoever will save the day and fix everything uh, by themselves because the good person at the top, it'll fix everything below. Um, or, or I
0: think maybe even more, not naively, but maybe more simplistically is this idea in fiction that, like, heros- you know, like heroism leads to, like, effective statecraft, which, like, we clearly right. see does not happen with young Wen mm-hmm. like, time and time again. Like, no matter how many military victories he wins, it does not every time he wins it almost leads to the situation getting worse for the fpa like yeah. not you know not his fault but just like <laughs> right but uh but yeah i, I kind of agree iro you know, like you know i don't want to go as far as say like oh like yang Wen lee fucking opened up my political awareness no, in the world but like i, I think you want correct it like, like i think that like we could all broadly agree democracies are good you know yeah. But I yes. think that like yeah. Yeah. Like, I think we all broadly agreed on that fact before watching legend of the galactic heroes. But I think like watching Yang young Lee like articulate it really helped like put it into a perspective that was like, that made it mm-hmm. easier I think for the rest of us to like understand our own relationship with, you know, the, the very real, like, yeah, ostensibly democratic government we currently reside in. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think, yeah, in many ways, like, if, if anything can be stated as, like, you know, maybe his greatest contribution contribution as, like, a fictional character, <laughs> maybe it is that.
2: Yeah, but, I think uh, it oh, sets sorry, us up no. for kind of an interesting shift in – it's not really – I, I don't know if it's really a shift because this theme has always been here the whole time. But it's not even so much like now we're talking, you know, what are the merits of democracy versus autocracy – and we're almost getting into the the concept of like you know, people saying they want democracy, but in action, you know, leaning toward you know, strong, charismatic leaders um, right and that's and that that's a theme that's also always been there, but I feel like the focus is moving over to that now that Yang's gone, and they're almost like, like we said, having to exploit his memory to to you know perpetuate—that's like the—that's like the struggle that that Julian's having by the end yeah, of the season, right? Because like, like, like how do I how do I get people to believe in democracy? It like the, the paradox of like getting people right, to believe in democracy only, through one individual. Yeah, and not only <laughs> right. like
0: that, but like how do you get people to believe in democracy when every form of it in like living memory of this setting has failed them? like, right. and, like and this is kind of thing like and the gets alternative
2: it. is working out pretty well right now right
0: right like the, like this idea is like i mean i initially want to say oh like maybe people really are just weak and they are sheep but then like if you really think about like the people of heinous and like what they have endured over like the last decade or so like is it really so surprising that like there are so few like true holdouts for democracy when like regardless like like you know regardless of democracy itself as a political form but like a democracy as a like political system that has been so thoroughly exploited by you know self centered and greedy individuals like it's like because like on some level like if you are to support Yang Wen Lee and like Yang Wen Li and the ideal of democracy you have to like it requires like almost like a deeper level of understand like in universe you have to be an individual with a deeper understanding of of y- your entire political environment because like if you're just like Joe Schmo on the street you're like why should I care about Yangwen Lee? Like, sure. He won a lot of battles, but like life didn't right. get better for us.
2: Yeah. It made me think of, um, was it season one? Yeah, it was season one. Right. When they, when, uh, the, uh, Andrew Fork's whole offensive thing to push into the, uh, the mm-hmm. empire and they, they, they go to the frontier planets and they're like, we're bringing democracy. And they're like, okay, cool. But we need bread. Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, like, you know, the people now are in a situation where it's like, okay, we got this guy, Reinhardt, who seems like he's all right in charge, and we, we're having our needs met. And it's like, it, it's, it's interesting, then from like, you know, getting people, you know, people's perspective from like, the, you know, the short term, I guess, versus the big picture, you know, Yang's galaxy brain take. And, <laughs> you know, what, why do, why do we need in the big picture, you know, Yang's perspective, on you know democracy versus you know what what's what's happening in the here and now and
0: yeah like it is undeniably a hard sell
2: yeah i think i think i think it's cool that like that theme has always been there but now it's like we're now that we're approaching the end of the show i almost feel like that's like the focus of what we're moving on to where it's not just now it's not even just a matter of you know one form of government versus another now we're kind of getting into like some real like uh core issues of like you know, what's in the, you know, what's, what motivates people and stuff like that. It's just,
0: I mean, the remnants of democracy have been pushed to such a quarter. It is not, it is now not a case of like, can we, we, can we regain our (laughs) sovereignty? It is, can we survive as a concept for long enough that like hope, like, you know, I I I think it hasn't, I mean, Yang has probably said, but I think it hasn't been stated by Julian in like the new Iserloan Republic, but like, basically they exist in a state where it's now like, it's no longer can we regain our country? It is like, can we even exist for long enough that hopefully someday in the future, like when yeah. the empire begins to crumble as all empires inevitably do, like our, like our memory will have existed. Like
2: <laughs> like right. our existence will have, right. will have,
0: like remained in cultural memory so that like people will have like an example of something to strive for. Like
2: yeah, I, I centuries forget. down the line. <laughs> I forget specifically what Yang said, but I mean, he was pretty much resigned to the fact that things were not going to change in his lifetime at this point. Right. right? Like, like the, And it's just, can you plant the seeds now? Yeah. Uh, and and, hope, it's and like, hope that it takes off later.
0: Yeah. It's, it's as we say, some real fucking galaxy brain shit. And, <laughs> uh, you know, I guess that's the other thing we'd say, you know, fucking, you know, about Yang Wenli. Rest in peace, Yang, galaxy brain, Wenli the
2: final
3: nickname (laughs) yeah (laughs)
0: but uh we should move on from that Uh, as much as i'd love to spend the next 90 minutes just uh talking about yang's best moments but maybe we could still do that a little bit uh we should move (laughs) on to our next topic which is uh kind of favorite moments favorite episodes um kind of just your your kind of doesn't have to be the biggest moment but just your favorite parts of Season three, you know, just kind of the moments that really stuck out to you, whether it's because of the dialogue, because somebody did something, just a crazy moment, you know, uh, just uh, whatever, whatever comes to mind. Uh, to kind of give an example, I'll start off with uh, a moment that uh, I didn't think I would, a moment that I think now the longer, longer I get away from it, the more I realize how important it is. And I think one of my favorite moments in this show Is uh, is Dusty's speech to Julian about uh, (laughs) fighting the Empire with foppery and whim, like Mm -hmm. it is this like realization that like oh we can never beat the Empire at their own game we can't beat them you know playing by their rules like we have to be like the goofy democratic upstarts we are because that is. That is that is our key. Like that is our like unique brand that allows us to like survive in spite of the kind of overwhelming odds we find ourselves against. And, you know, kind of just like this idea that like like yes, we're like a bunch of like goofy jokesters from time to time, but also like this kind of dynamic can only exist in a democratic government, you know? Like the Empire is just too damn self serious. Like the kind of jokes that like Poplin and Dusty trade with, with each other. Like if you try to like say some of that stuff to like an, to an Empire Admiral, they would probably like pull a gun out on you and like demand a duel for satisfaction Or like, a blood you, of- know. Right. Yeah, like a blood oath, you know, <laughs> swear a blood oath against you. Like, they're just too serious. Like, even the like the closest, warmest relationship between the Admirals and Reinhardt's side is freaking Mittermeier and Royenthal. <laughs> and even yeah. then, like, I, I dare say you cannot call that relationship warm. But, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and as we get further and over, further away from Yang Lee, as, as Yang Lee further and further turns more into a memory rather than a character, I think that dusty speech kind of represents in many ways the kind of the core conceit of what made the fpa special
3: yeah i'd like to say you know back in season one i called uh, dusty as my favorite character other than young Wenli, obviously <laughs> and but I he mean, really was that just because up. of his
0: name or what like... uh,
3: I, I, for some reason i feel like the, the few scenes i saw him i just really you know i feel it felt like he he knew what he was doing like yeah you know, he he had a, a head on his shoulders and you definitely see that this season that you know once young fell he's really the only one keeping the pieces together that you know he's he's the one out of that stupor he's the one that's like no julian's in charge you know so what if you if you got a problem with it we have to do this (laughs) like yeah
0: yeah dusty definitely steps up to the plate in in the end
3: of season three like sure, he's wearing a pirate costume at that one point. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like you said, Fapri and Win. <laughs> exactly.
2: I'm a like th- this. This question with the best moments thing is always impossible. So I'm I'm just gonna pick one thing. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go all the way back to the like beginning of the season. I think it was still this season. Oh man, when they do the uh, the history of Earth episode.
0: Oh man, I was hoping oh, yeah, someone would, was recommend, would, and, would bring that and one not up. Li- yeah. Not only
1: because that episode was great, You got me. What was that, Hiro? <laughs> no, so I was going to say. Oh going, no.
2: my bad, we, we 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 did not plan this out ahead of time. Clearly,
0: that's fine. There are so many good moments. <laughs> yeah, Hiro, sure, yeah. come so, up with something I, else. I, just, I, I just
2: wanted, I just wanted to say, not just because that episode specifically was great, and I love when they like fill in the lore, but I feel like. It's, it was really cool how they like actually managed to give context to the existence of the earth cult in a way that made sense and not just make them like cartoon. I mean, they're still kind of cartoony, but like it, it made, it made it very interesting. Once we had the episodes at their headquarters and on earth and Julian being in there, like the, it felt like there was like weight to the, you know, the history of it and everything like that. And just right. like, I, you know, I don't even know how important that is to like the, the plot of the show, but just like as another example of like the depth of the, you know the, mm-hmm. the, the the world building, but
0: totally totally. I mean, like I think, I mean here's hoping that Julian has yet another episode in season four where he watches another documentary. <laughs> but uh, yeah. I really do like those episodes, and I totally agree. Yeah. I loved that episode. I think, like it just does such a magnificent job of addressing like the very real like factors that kind of go into like the creation of you know of a society a nation like the politics of a nation like the what are the events that kind of conspire to like like why are things the way they are you know and like even then like even that documentary episode of season three doesn't even arrive at like the formation of like the republic or the uh uh, um the empire but like it lays Mm -hmm. down the groundwork of like right like the earth cult and like where does this all come from
1: right yeah. Sorry,
3: Iroh. <laughs> yeah, okay. so, yeah, I, I can it's say one thing, give, give Eero a little bit more time to think. So, like, my favorite moment specifically is, like, you know, just the moment they started singing the anthem, I was immediately brought mm-hmm. to a flashback of of episode three and how through mm-hmm. the Eastern right. Republic... They're but, singing the
1: anthem there.
3: Yeah, the anthem is redeemed because there you know the people are singing it joylessly they're singing it just because out of duty because they're told to and before that Jessica says what have you sacrificed the leader what have where is your family and you can look you know you can look at at Frederica and say she has sacrificed everything you can look at everyone in Israel they have sacrificed everything that like everything in that song starts to really grab you from the heart where in that third episode, you, you can see how it rings so hollowly. Now it feels so alive. Even the, like the, yeah. the army Liberty stands for freedom is like, you
2: know, you can feel that they really <laughs> believe it.
3: <laughs> Just
2: don't pay too I mean, close attention to the lyrics. But uh.
0: Well, no, I, I mean, I, I mean, I think on some level, no, I, I, I totally get where Marlon's coming. from yeah, yeah, yeah. of of like, Yeah. That that anthem rings so hollow in season one because, like, it is just a you know. For example, like the anthem in some context in current American politics is just being used as like a bludgeoning tool to like enforce patriotism. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, there's this idea that like, oh, if you don't believe in the anthem, you're not a true American. You know. Or, right. You know, like there there is this idea in in Legend of the Galactic Heroes where the anthem is just being used as like an enforcing tool. You know, a, a, a one that is being exploited by people like Job Trunet. Whereas
2: mm-hmm. Ooh, we'll get to him later. When they
0: break into the anthem at the end of season three, it's like these are people who like they truly believe in this shit, right? Like all the deserters and the fair weather like folks have left. Like who, pe- the people who are left on Iserlo, these are the like these are the true young believers.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll change gears a little and say, uh, I really liked when Poplin is just like, holy shit, that guy's been poisoned. (laughs) (laughs) I can can tell by looking at him. (laughs) Like, yeah, yeah, like we've, we've spent two weeks infiltrating the earth cult now. (laughs) Oh shit. Everyone here is under mind control drugs. Right. Yes,
0: I mean we have joked about it time and time again, but yes, I think that that episode, yes, what Eros talked about
1: is that is when like, Poplin correctly oh, been deduces watching us this whole time they're yeah. putting drugs in our food. Like we cannot right. just we cannot just like infiltrate these people and find out their plans because they've probably gotten people that way.
0: Yeah, yeah, just Poplin correctly like. Figuring out the Earth cult's entire, like, operational, like, M.O. And, like, again, we joke about it, but, like, Poplin truly maybe one, like, other than Dusty, I think Poplin is also one of the big standout characters of season yes. three. Just mm-hmm. continues to show, like, the weird depths of his character. Right. You know, like, him becoming, like, a pretty decent life counselor as well. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, you just, <laughs> like, you just see so many, like, new aspects of Poplin that, like, the thing is, like, here's, a, here's the funny thing with Poplet. Like, I think like these new traits that they reveal about him don't necessarily make him like a deeper or more nuanced character. Right. Like, he's still a lecherous shithead, but like, yep. he's like the most like, fucking multidisciplinary, Content. like, skilled, <laughs> like, lecherous shithead you've ever met. Yeah.
2: True Renaissance right. man. It's very good. Uh-huh. Yes.
1: Yeah, one might rank uh, him among the uh, annals. Along with uh, Admiral Mecklinger and Cao uh, <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> yes. Uh, if we're taking if we're, if we're taking that angle, then I will also say one of my favorite moments. Uh, if we're just talking about moments in general. Is uh, definitely the Rosen Ritter saving Yang from imprisonment.
1: Just mm-hmm. the fucking
0: shot of Shenkop yes. shouldering that fucking RPG
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. and blowing up the like the car like.
0: oh oh, you thought this
1: was about like politics (laughs) i've got a fucking bazooka on this jeep yeah Mm. just
0: uh so good Yeah, yeah it was real good um let's see uh what about also uh you know, related to that, of course. I'm talking about like fun <laughs> moments. Uh, the retaking of Isorlo had to be an all time high. Oh my
1: a pillar down the hallway.
0: <laughs> yes, that and just like the fifth dimensional chest oh, that Yang man, plays yeah, on. Lutz that was so good. Is so satisfying to watch. Like, I think in many ways, it's probably for better or worse. I think maybe that is the swan song of Yang Wenli's career because, like, I mean, I do like the battle of the corridor because it kind of shows that, like, even a guy like Yang can like. Even when he doesn't have tricks, like he's still like a very like good and like capable commander. But like for better or worse, I think the battle of the corridor, we don't really see Yang pull off anything. Yeah, like, his
2: options were that very crazy. His options were very limited at that point, right? He had right, right. like
0: like for better or worse, Reinhardt succeeds in dragging Yang into a much more straightforward fight. And, like, he still holds up well, but you begin to see the limitations of Yangwen Li as a commander. Right. And he does not have the ability to just, like, pull the most fucking ratchet shit he can imagine on his opponents. You know, freaking dragging asteroids into them, blowing up empty transport <laughs> ships, all the all the good stuff we love Yangwen Li for. So, mm-hmm. like, the Ezer loan recapture is probably kind of a the real kind of final highlight of his career. Um
1: I also want to shout out um the Battle of Maradetta with Bucock, Slash yeah, and all that. Yeah. Shout uh, outs
0: to Bukok. Yeah. You
3: know,
0: shout outs to his speech. Shout out to his shout out to his toast <laughs> of Democracy. Like in, uh-huh. in weird right. ways like like we love Young Wenli, Lee and I think like it, Jill, you mentioned it earlier that like in some ways Young maybe didn't actually die the, like the actual way he dies is not explicitly defending democracy and like I think I'd kind of agree that like in many ways like the tragedy of Yang's death is like how senseless it is. Like he does not die like, you know, not that we ever expected him to, but he doesn't die like in a blaze of glory on Isarlone, like on a pile of like Empire corpses, double fisting rifles or something Bucock so, like, on the other like hand, uh... Bucock though, he gets that. <laughs> like like that's like Bucock dies the way we expect a hero to yes. die, you know, yeah. like fucking drinking like, Fight you know, yeah, toast democracy drinking with his best buddies yeah. fucking just going out blasting against like you know despite being outnumbered 101 like it's... talking
3: to the big bag and bad and like refusing his call to follow him
0: Yeah <laughs> And like, you know, Bukok's like, – like that's the thing, like Bukok even gets Bukong even gets the opportunity to give the speech, like the final speech that like Young did it, mm-hmm. right? Where like <laughs> Bucock gives a speech about how like the sp- the beautiful thing about like democracy is that like I could be friends and with my subordinates. Equal. Right. Like all men are born equal. Something you can never something you something you you empire dogs would never know. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's very good. It's like in many ways, yes, the like, we joke about like, how, like, of course, Young would die unceremoniously because that's just the way this show is. But I also appreciate that every now and then this show indulges in its space opera. Right. And it's like, nah, this character is going to get, like, the big cinematic finale, you know? They're going to mm-hmm. go out in a blaze of glory. They're going to have time to give their final speech. You know, it's...
2: It's kind of nice because it's that's almost always on the Empire side when they do that, right?
0: Yeah. So,
2: like, so like, because, uh, like, everybody else on the FPA, like, they think about, like, you know, poor Edwin Fisher or somebody who doesn't even get to be on camera.
1: Right? Like
0: you compare that <laughs> to like the death of like Steinmetz or right, Fahrenheit. Right.
1: Fahrenheit, yeah. Fahrenheit gets a, the whole like. Uh... You will be my boon to the Kaiser. <laughs> right,
0: right. Like he gets his big ridiculous speech. He gets to like stare off into the distance. He gets to have his internal monologue about oh, I served my Kaiser. This truly was a fitting end for me. Like Fisher doesn't get that. Like Chev a- doesn't get that. It's like, a
2: text message to young, young basically. Yeah, like right? that awkward like, hey, I'm
0: dead escalator now. It's conversation,
3: like, basically. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, it's like it's just like, yeah. In, in general, like there's almost cosmic forces at play that ensure that the FBA are always the more like, just grounded, less cinematic faction. You know, they just mm-hmm. tend to get more anticlimactic moments. So. It's nice that every now and then a guy like Bucock who's just so much, he is so larger than life that, uh, yeah, he gets to have that moment.
2: Shout out to Chung too because he deserves. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Chung truly like if yeah. we really want to talk about like wasted potential, like the FPA is he so full, be, of it, but especially Chung, like, he should be
2: in charge right now. <laughs> like, yeah,
0: yeah, like there is like like the, a better world, a better universe would have would have had Chung like leaving bucock to side with or you know to, to go meet with yang at easer or whatever and like you know becoming his like new number two like like we were all I, I remember we were all a little skeptical of chung back in the when he was first introduced and then dude would eventually reveal himself to be like maybe the second smartest dude in the entire fpa
2: yeah they brought and up that like, weird sandwich thing and they just never did anything yeah. with bread <laughs> thing or whatever they just never did anything oh, with whatever. it again for the oh, rest of
0: the uh <laughs> it, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be legend of the galactic heroes without just throwing out like random they just, side they, they just never mention it again it's
2: just <laughs> then he's just normal for the rest of the show uh but yeah uh, he, he deserved better for sure yeah
0: mm. i mean again i don't think that i mean, you know i think chung would have died eventually but like i do wish we had just had more time with guys like chung and fisher and patrick chev just more screen time like you know, just give them a chance to shine in the way that the Empire Admirals always do, you know? Like, mm. like the, Ad- the Empire Admiral, like, if, if I ever had, like, any kind of complaint about the show in general, I think it is definitely kind of the weird lopsided, like, like screen time focus that, like, Empire individuals get, like, as opposed to the FPA, where, like, the majority of it is, like, focused on Yang, and then to a lesser extent, like, Julian, Dusty, Poplin, you know, Frederica, Shenkamp, right. you know, etc. Whereas, like, yeah, the Galactic Empire gets all these moments where it's like, oh, like let's tell you about the backstory of this one specific admiral for a little bit. This admiral likes astronomy. <laughs> he recently got a nebula named after him right. or something. It's like, oh, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Like, they, they, they will never like, see him these, again, like, but here's his right. backstory.
0: <laughs> but it's like, whereas, like, I feel like guys like Patrichev, Fisher, Chung are, like, so much more pivotal to the plot, but just get so much less, like, focus, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, I think that that's unfortunate because I think those characters could very much be the kind of breakout characters that exist on the Empire, you know, had they been given some more some more time to develop. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, so I think that kind of does it for the moments. So now we're going to get into something a, a little bit more fun here. Uh, we're kind of going to get into our, you know, our uh, our regular next season speculation. Segment. Oh, boy. And uh, so... This time
2: real quick, uh, we just need to yes. we need to specify this is different than the who's gonna live, who's gonna die conversation. Yeah. Right? I think they're
0: connected.
1: They're connected. We
0: could we could fold these in together in a ways, but yes, okay. basically compared to prior prior times when we have speculated, I feel like as we said at the beginning, bets are closing. We are approaching the final season. I want I want people to kind of put their foot down. I want everybody here to be as specific as they can possibly get. Okay, okay. I'm truly <laughs> okay. curious what you guys think will specifically happen in okay, season. Okay, so four.
3: I was talking with Joe about this. Ever since uh, Reinhardt got sick the last time, I have this like weird. Okay, so think about this. Last time Reinhardt got sick, he also got a vision from uh, from Ice, right? And it also helped steer things. <laughs> And we do know that anyone that gets poisoned by, uh, by earth-cold space drugs <laughs> is sick after they go off of it and, and has delusions. Oh, so what if you're a going. meal... Is an earth cold plant oh, shit. that is drugging <laughs> Reinhardt in order to make him well and sick on their command, so that they can manipulate him because he looks like Kirky eyes uh, because he has the red hair. That when he is sick, he goes up to him and speaks in his ear like <laughs> he is Kirky eyes and manipulates him, and so that they can make him sick and well in order to affect the pl- like you know the reason that they all got <laughs> Young into the oh, place man. where they wanted him.
1: That's weirdly specific. Like, is, is because
3: Reinhardt was sick and was oh, manipulated God. into getting peace talks. The only reason Yang was put into peace talks was because Reinhardt uh, uh, allowed it. So Emil is... A, <laughs> and oh, that, oh, that, oh, was,
2: that whole final...
3: That's why yeah. all the way back <laughs> when Yang met Reinhardt, Yang did oh, not man. drink the tea that Emil planted for him because yeah, Emil yeah. is yeah, the yeah, there, there was whole... There was,
1: well, there was that whole, like, conspicuous shot of meal, like, yeah. putting the tea and all that.
0: Right. Oh, and they got oh, to hold
1: on man. his face for a bit. Meal's oh, oh, a plant. Okay, so...
0: That,
2: <laughs> and,
1: I love this because there was I a lot of, um...
2: There was a lot of, uh, Reinhardt, you have to drink your <laughs> Right, right. Yeah, it yeah, yeah. really forceful. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> and the narrator is even like, if Reinhardt had, uh, been... If Reinhardt up and interrupted, he might have taken another bite of the food. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean... Yeah, I mean, I think me and Arrow joked like all the way back then, like, what if Emil is like a fucking spy? But Marlon, you have elevated this conspiracy theory to an entirely new level that I had not <laughs> thought possible. It's, it's like, brilliant, if right? You, if, any, if people have been listening to the, like, like if people have been listening to my prior to our prior podcast, like, I have noticed, like, I, I, see, my conspiracy theory was just limited. I know. To, I, kept I think you would. I get think get that onto Reinhardt has oh. like a terminal <laughs> disease, like. Like, I think that we have repeatedly stated, we think that, like, Reinhardt is not as healthy as he appears. What if Reinhardt is actually beginning to display the early symptoms of, like, a terminal disease that is, like, genetic or something? You know, to kind of, like, be – kind of make the, like, you know, the cyclical irony of, like, oh, like, the empire that was founded on eugenics, now its greatest emperor – was brought down by his genetics or something right like i kind of suspect like oh what if like reinhardt actually dies at a young age like what if Reinhardt doesn't make it past Mm -hmm. 40 right like what if we find out that reinhardt has like some kind of like i don't know like radiation sickness like radioactive aids Mm -hmm. or something and like it's just slowly killing him you know now that he's like in his like late 20s early 30s but uh I don't like that. You haven't decided that.
1: No. What if it's not a terminal disease? No. What if actually he's just being slowly poisoned by a meal? Yes. <laughs> Who would suspect Who a meal? Would suspect right. Who would like suspect a meal? Who would suspect a meal? And we know exactly. that, that
3: well, there are plants deep in the empire. Right, um, right. Empire. That is true. That, hierarchy. that is
0: true.
3: Yeah. What if he's a plant? <laughs>
0: Story. All right. Well, uh, kind of started with a showstopper okay, yeah. here.
2: Um, <laughs> I don't fucking Jill know what to with that. Do you have <laughs> any
0: speculation about season four? Well,
2: can I go? Okay. I, mean, I can give you the easy one. Is
1: yeah, Reinhardt's going to hook up with Delta. <laughs> right. Okay, that's an easy that's one. The, that's the easy one. Do you think so? Actually, do you? Are you so sure? I, I... am pretty sure. I think, yeah, I, think, I think that's even even if it ends up as nobody will get off my fucking case about marrying someone, <laughs> Hilda, you're here. Right. Like, okay. Even if but, it ends up to that, like. All
0: right, all right. But then in that case, okay, fine. Do you think, because I think they have been mentioning this too many times, I think we have to ask. Even if he does hook up with Hilda, do you think Reinhardt has children?
2: Hmm. I, I, I'm not so I sure. I don't think so. Yeah,
0: I, like, regardless of Reinhardt's thoughts on, like, you know, lineage and, like, political succession, like...
2: I'm not sure Reinhardt knows what sex is, but that's... (laughs) (laughs) Kirky right, Eyes never taught
0: yeah. me. All uh, right. It's like, uh, I can totally imagine it right now. I don't now, think he knows
2: like, how that works, to be honest. Like,
0: Kurt, like like he was like, oh, Kirk, Eyes was going to tell me something really important before he died, but <laughs> oh, something about the birds and the bees? But what could it mean? Oh, Kirky Eyes, what nobody, were you about to tell me? Nobody has the
2: courage to explain it to him now at this Right, point. right. Oh, I don't know. I feel like Mitter- you say that, would. but also I think that like
0: no, 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 I don't think Mittermeyer would. I, I think is too polite. If anybody, it would be Oberstein. Let's be real. Uh. Let's let's be real. If anybody, <laughs> if out, anybody dogs, out of charts, sheer some anatomical if, models. Yes if, if, yes, if anybody out of sheer pragmatism <laughs> needed to teach Reinhardt how to fuck, it would be Oberstein. <laughs> Oberstein, Oberstein walks, over
1: in real, like, walks in the office with his dog and uh no
0: i can't no no we're not going in that direction that's awful as much as i I dislike overstein i would not do that to even him i would not do him that dirty like but um no i was gonna say just like oversight shut up with like slides being like all right your highness you need to create an error
2: this is how you do it this is how you do it three easy steps
0: Yes, I'm like I would stuff. volunteer myself, but sadly <laughs> that is not possible. So here are a list of uh like fertile women I would recommend. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know that's what Oberstein would uh, do. He would. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Right, he
0: would. So so you so you think okay? So you think Reinhard does like hook up with Hilda? But I yes. think that we are united that we're not so sure he's going to actually have an heir. And like, what does that imply about? You know, uh,
2: the future of uh, the empire, the future of
0: the empire, right? Because, like, I think we've said it since even like the end of season two. Like, maybe, okay, maybe I'll get into this. Like, if I'm getting really specific to my speculation, I think, I think in square, in scare quotes, Reinhardt will win
1: this yes. show. Yeah, like, I would agree.
0: Royenthal is going to rebel. I think we all know this is coming. Reinhardt yep. Reinhard will beat Royenthal. Mm-hmm. I think it will be a great personal mm. cost I think a lot of lives are going to be lost in the process but Reinhard will win Reinhard will also succeed in taking down the earth cult like maybe you can't permanently stamp out a cult you know or an extremist extremist religion but Reinhardt over the course of his life will eventually like destroy the earth cult into irre- irrelevance I think that Reinhardt will succeed at everything he sets out to do in this show but, I think it will be at great personal cost to both him and the empire. Like, yeah, as we've already seen with this war with young, millions of lives will be lost. Like dozens of talented individuals will be lost. Individuals who, who knows what they could have done in peacetime. will never know because Reinhard threw their lives into his endless wars, his forever wars, so to speak. And mm-hmm. you're right. I think and, and because of this and because Reinhard is not going to have children, I think that, like, and be, and because I think that Reinhardt will die young, like, like I don't think, here's the thing, I don't think Reinhardt is going to die young knowingly. Like, that's the thing. Like, I think, like, there's a version of this where Reinhardt knows he's going to die young and sets up the systems to ensure that, like, things will continue. I think Reinhardt will, will die unexpectedly. And because of that, like, the show's not going to get into this, of course, but... I think the narrator is going to get into like, yes, the Empire is in the greatest it's ever been, like the most prosperous it's ever been, but like at what personal cost, and what will happen to the what will happen to the future of the galaxy because Reinhard did not ensure like did not ensure like that the systems in place were prepared for an Empire without him. And I think that this show being what it is, the the narrator will just be like Who could say like the direction history will take from here Mm -hmm. and just end on that note? So
3: So I actually had a bit of a different like like an endgame idea. So my thought is you know, yeah, it seems like Roenthal will rebel, but what if it's you know, the the show seems to be focused on the idea that history, you know, is very cyclical and you know the, another page in history uh, turns. And what if Royenthal successfully keeps his control on Neue Like maybe it comes like the Neue Kingdom or something like that. Mm-hmm. And the then Ezerlone is forced to into an alliance With with the Empire. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, with Reinhardt in order to keep the old borders between what was the FPA and the Empire. And because Reinhardt started to um republicanize Odin with the legislature.
1: Yeah.
3: Oh yeah. So that the what is the Empire will become kind of like a constitutional monarchy that becomes a democratic republic. Mm -hmm. And what was the FPA becomes a new autocracy, a new kingdom under Royenthal,
1: Yeah. That's or or like, or like in some way, Reinhard teams up with the Aislinn remnants because it's not, it's not as if Reinhard I... believed in strongly in the ideals of autocracy. He just believed in tearing down the old system for a better one. Right. Right. And I... and now yeah. is driven by his like warmongering uh, need enemy to fight ways. But like if he were, If it was within his grasp to have an enemy by embrace, by, like, teaming up with the democracy people, he might do it. I, I, the only thing I'll say against that is,
0: I just, maybe this is what this show has done to me. I just think that's too optimistic. Like, (laughs) I just think it's too optimistic, the idea of Julian and Reinhardt teaming up, because it's, it's too good to be true, right? Right. It's like, yeah. It, it, it's just too, it, it, that's the thing. Like it would be too convenient. Like, because what, then that positions Roenthal into like the final antagonist. And like, well, I wouldn't mind that. I don't think right. Reunth, like Roynthal is not powerful. Like to use like pro wrestling terms. <laughs> Roenthal has been put over. Like everybody, everybody, everybody knows Roenthal is a top card. Of course, everybody knows that Roenthal is a top earner. For, for the promotion. <laughs> but he's not big enough that we could be like, oh, he's the guy to beat. Like like he's no would have to, warrior. Reutel would have to win a lot of matches against a lot of mid carters to like convince us that like oh right because here's the problem right like even in this hypothetical situation the reason why I said that Reinhardt will eventually win the universe is because even in a war between Roenthal and Reinhardt I don't see how Roenthal could ever win like he mm-hmm. is not or at least it, as of it now he's depends not on been,
3: if he maintains the status quo that was there at the beginning of the series right. keeping the choke points at Ezerlone and, and Faison my,
0: I guess my fear is I'm not even sure if he can accomplish that much or my sus- I guess my suspicion is just like, no matter is that there is no way Roenthal survives his rebellion. I just do not see it happening, right? Like,
3: okay.
0: like I think that, like, the moment Roenthal finally decides, you know what, like, fucking Reinhardt, you ain't shit, like, I'm also going to take my shirt off and meet you at the 7 Eleven. Like, uh-huh. well, he's, what gonna, he's not going to survive that encounter. So-
2: Here's what I'm, I'm. I think we're all kind of thinking the same thing, but to varying degrees. Where R- Ruinthal is going to be the, if not the final boss, that's like the next conflict coming up, right?
1: Yeah. And just, I just
2: mm-hmm. maybe we're all kind of picking to varying degrees how what the results are going to be uh, <laughs> after that. For, for, um, for some reason, I just feel like there's this karmic idea
3: of the FPA becoming the, autocr- or the autocratic lands and the former Empire yeah, uh, returning I to the Federation. Saying.
1: There's some kind of like thematic circular reasoning to that. Uh, yeah, right? like, like, it, it
3: really would play into the idea of, I mean, of history in the show. I guess
1: what yeah.
2: what I'm thinking is kind of sort of going along with what Ira mentioned earlier where I don't think Reinhardt is necessarily a staunch defender of autocracy or you know whatever like I, I would go as far as to say like what is Reinhardt's motivation at this point? Like He's he, I mean, he tech. I mean, technically, even though Ruinthal is ruling half the the galaxy, Ruinthal is also under his, you know, direction. So, technically, he's won the galaxy at this point, right? Like, other than other than Ezerloan, but
1: right. But like, Rubinsky, Overstein, Lang are gonna basically like they're set up to make Ruinthal into an enemy of Reinhardt somehow, right.
2: But I'm just thinking, yeah. like, what is what is what is Reinhardt's motivation at this point? Not just not just the taking the galaxy, but like his original. Like they even start to they 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 loop back to Anna Rose again. in yeah. The last couple episodes, like he's thinking, I couldn't sa- I couldn't save her. I couldn't save you know I lost Kirky Ice. I don't have Yang anymore to fight with, and I never will. He's oh, Yang in the history books is always going to be undefeated. I, I will never be able to touch him at this point. Like, what is what does Reinhardt want? Right now, even if I, I guess my point is like, even if Runethal does break off, it's not that he wouldn't care, but is that going to be enough to like fire him up again?
0: I think so to some degree because I think that. So, here's the thing to uh, so everything you, you you were talking about, Jell. I think that is honestly what they're going to start addressing in season four, right? Is like, because we have seen it time and time again, Reinhardt without an enemy becomes listless, right? Like, he loses the fire. He kind of loses the will to live almost. Right. And that's that's way.
2: conveniently also when Ruinthal decides that's my time to take over. When... Right.
0: So like <laughs> in many ways, I think Ruinthal becoming an enemy. I mean, right, like in many ways Rointhal will never become will never be the Yangwen Lee that Reinhardt truly desires. But like I think that being an enemy at all will <sighs> I'm not saying Reinhardt is gonna welcome the prospect of Ruinthal rebelling, but it will inspire him in a way that like that drives him because we see time and time in season three, right? Like Reinhard becomes listless. Reinhard becomes passive. Reinhard becomes cautious almost like when in during peacetime, right? Like he does not make bold decisions. He does not, he is not like the God emperor that he so like meticulously designs his appearance to be, you know, during wartime, like during peacetime, like he's literally just like Hilda, can you do this? Right? Like, right like just do right. whatever Hilda says like he, he is not interested he, he is truly not interested in in peacetime and i wonder if season 4 is going to begin to like get into that
2: yeah hey I, is is this a good time to just throw out there Mittermeier is totally dead right um, oh yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm uh, I, I don't that. think
0: i don't see any way for Mittermeier. to
2: like, like like i'll be shocked if he makes it through the first like 3 episodes
0: Wow, I, I was going to say maybe halfway through, but you're saying first three episodes of season four just start I mean, off with a banger. Just that, that's gotta,
2: that's got to that's got to be part of the the ruinthal.
1: The thing that drives the Roenthal, switch, they, right? They have to yeah. meet each other on the field of battle, man. Well, maybe oh, that's part of how we die. Ruinthal that's
0: a fight hmm. I would fucking pay to see. Yeah, no lie, but uh. Okay, so one more thing before we get into like the the who live okay. before we get into our death to pool. The gun on one, me, more, yeah. one more thing, one more thing, because we haven't really talked about it. What do you think happens to Julian at the end of season four? I think I think we can confidently say Julian will probably survive this show. I I think I think, so. I, I, I think he has it. the best
2: odds out of any of the main. Yes, characters.
0: I, I'm pretty sure Julian is going to survive this show. But what is his fate? Like Ezerlo now numbers less than a million. He has no political clout. You know he has the tatters of Yang's military left under his command, what becomes Iserlone's destiny or what becomes Julian's destiny? What becomes like, okay, let's say at the end of season four, when they're doing the, like the epilogue stuff of like, you know, blah, 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 you know, uh, Mecklinger would go on to, to enjoy a vastly successful career as a poet, et cetera, et cetera. Like what is Julian's epilogue? Like what, what do you think happens at the end?
2: Like, do you think he he still uh... stays
0: on Iserlone? Like, does he just maintain you know, it as a
2: bastion of democracy? He's gonna marry Karen, right? Can, can I ask a question related to that first?
0: I mean, sure. That's not that. That's not that speculative. But yes, Joe, yeah, please go not... ahead.
2: Do, do you guys do you guys think it was a little bit of a too much of a stretch that they put Julian in charge? A little bit. Yeah, um, he's I'm like supposed 18. to be kind of a stretch, right? Yeah, I think
0: it's meant to be a pragmatic choice. Like, I think that in many ways. Uh, I think in many ways, uh Julian kind of uh how do I put it? He he kind of represents the future, right? Like he's not super experienced now, but this idea of being that he has room to grow, whereas kind of the rest of the FPA leadership have kind of settled into their like highly specific roles, if that makes sense.
2: Yeah, I yeah, I I I I, I like I can kind of see the reasoning on it, but I do think it's maybe stretching it more than the show tends to stretch things uh i mean we we have had you know reinhardt being in charge of the empire at like 20 or something so maybe it's not yeah that big of a i mean and i think i think there's something to be said for everyone's being aged down a bit because it, millions of people are anime. dying in war well oh, or that too well, yes <laughs> an anime but uh yeah i i because i was thinking they were going to disband and julian was going to like run off and you know hang out with the uh, you know fazan or something like in the like i feel like that's what we were getting out of the the season three ed uh um, right but I, also maybe that's where he's gonna end up still uh if this uh current situation does not work out yeah um,
0: well I, before i, I we don't get know to if be, i could see him
2: getting like yeah. embedded in the empire or something or no or, like, i
0: don't think so and uh, this is a weird place to put it, but before I get into kind of my final spiel about where I think Julian goes, we're going to take a slight break. Uh, you know, we're, we've hit about an hour. I think we're all sweating a bit. We could all use a tiny break. So uh, we're going to log off for a bit and then we'll be right back. And we're back from uh, yet another uh, brief break. Um, you know, this is going to be a very long podcast, so I hope you'll uh, excuse us for, uh, you know, taking a break here or there just to uh, maintain our sanity.
1: Yeah, it's not at all that I had to use the bathroom real bad in the middle no, of our conversation or Nothing anything. of the
0: sort, nothing of the sort. But, uh, but yeah, so kind of just to get back into it. So we were last time we were talking, we were talking about like, what was the fate of Julian? And yeah. Here is my thought. Because they haven't quite made these parallels explicit, but what if Julian becomes the next Ali Heinison?
1: Mm-hmm. What if he
0: takes the people of Ezerlone and they just
1: leave the galaxy? So we just move Ezerlone somewhere else? I'm not you know, even sure they like take they Maybe the, they do, uh, but no. like... <laughs> they strap the rockets to it like Ayersburg and just... right. yeah, Maybe they do, yeah. <laughs> like... It's a better chip than a fucking block of ice. <laughs> Probably. Right. Yeah. Yeah like, yeah. like what if, what if that's what it is? Like Julie
0: kind of t- just takes a long, hard look at the state of the galaxy, just as like Allah did when he formed the FPA or, you know, the people he took with him formed the FPA. What if uh, Julian kind of like the same dude is like, like democracy cannot survive in this corner of the galaxy like we we have we have to leave. we'll have to find another like have you know a uh, hospitable planet like I I, I I think it's a I think it would be sad if Julian throws in the towel like that, but also, what if
1: like I have a choice?
0: you just, you know, yeah, like what if that's I think just-
1: uh, I think the conversation about how there's not enough women on ease alone was kind of meant to like discourage that line of thinking Oh, because they don't have a sustainable pop uh, population, correct, yeah, I guess that's
3: true, yeah. It's a sustainable ratio.
0: They'd
1: have because to I think I think it is yeah. guys. I think it is the natural like line of reasoning that well now the Empire's all taken over everything, but we have our self sufficient commune sorry, not commune. Don't um, call it a
0: commune. That's a that, that, that's that's our, our
1: self sufficient um, <laughs> g- group and uh so we'll just pull another Highness yeah, in maybe. and bail. But uh I think that is why they took pains to, like, note that they're not self-sufficient. Right. I mean, they did mention that because they said that we are primarily
0: still a military organization. Mm-hmm. Like, we cannot even begin to start calling ourselves a government because we don't even have, like, a sustainable population. But I think you're right. But I'm just saying that what are the factors that eventually do come into play over the course of Season 4... Mm-hmm. I mean... Okay, so they said the ratio is roughly like six hundred thousand men to three hundred thousand women. Uh huh. Why don't we take yeah. the dark route and? <laughs> oh boy! Oh, fucking dudes, just die in the at Ezer alone in the next like season until <laughs> that ratio is evened out. I mean, okay, well, I'm
4: not, I'm not <laughs> saying yeah, that's that good
0: I'm saying that what happens if, like, despite Julian's best efforts, Ezer alone just cannot survive in a galaxy that is so hostile to democracy and mm. like. He pays that I'm, price in blood we, and eventually is just forced to leave.
3: I mean, we have seen that these like just a regular battle can have over a million casualties. Right, like, so it, it wouldn't be out of the question to have 300,000 people die in a fight. Like, and what do you do?
0: Yeah, like, alone does not even have the population left to fight like a huge protracted battle at this point. So well,
1: if he just teams up with Reinhardt to take down the Earth Cult. Like, again, very wishful thinking. But hey, you can just leverage connect yeah. to uh, get I, I, it, get him in.
0: I just, I just, again, I just think it's too optimistic. Like because, like, what what could possibly stop a team up of Reinhardt and Julian? Right, like, like it's the same reason why Reinhardt and Yang never teamed up because like yeah, it would yeah. be too powerful. Like, no force on the galaxy could stop that that duo. But uh, and I think that to a similar <laughs> extent, like. Not that Julian has that amount of power, but Julian certainly has that amount of plot armor. I
2: right, do right? I do wonder, even if they don't end up teaming up, do you think they're at least going to try? Like, is that going to just be I on think, the table? I mean, I think the two will certainly use each
0: other, I think, to some extent, yeah. right? Like, mm-hmm. I would not be surprised if... Look, like, in, in many ways, I wonder if, like, karmically, what if the thing that actually finally kills the Earth Cult is, like, Julian and the Ezerlone crew? Right, mm-hmm. and like, in some like somehow like I don't know Reinhardt like lends his like like material support or intel, but still uses like the lone crew as basically a tool to like do the dirty work for him. Right, like
1: yeah. Are they gonna have to? uh Are they gonna have to call have mercats call in and team up with Bungling Poet and the rem- yeah. remnant <laughs> of Golden the, the
0: Bungling Poet is still in play. Yeah, is that, is that, that card gonna? This. Yeah, is that card is. gonna get played? <laughs> God, I hope so. That's how I really do. the constitutional republic.
1: We, we saw, <laughs> we saw Schumacher. He, yeah. dude, dude's a badass.
0: Yeah, he's pretty competent. So if he's also out, he's still out there. Like, who can say? You know, we also
2: still have but, the. Uh, uh, I I don't want to prematurely end the Julian talk, but that's. Uh, you know, I think that's a very plausible theory as well for him to be. You know, moving that direction as far as let's go somewhere else. I, I don't know if that's going to. Yeah, I hadn't even thought of that. I don't know. I
0: guess I just thought of it because, it's an like, I guess it's just because, like, for better or worse, just like with Yang, Julian is so pushed up against a corner. Like, unless, like, magically half the population, like, yeah, like, yes, unless he manages, like, somehow occupy Odin or something. Like, I just don't see how, like, Julian reliably, like, exists as a prominent and, like, Relevant character in like the grander scale of the narrative without doing something drastic.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I'm not saying he does this halfway through the series. I'm saying like, maybe... what,
1: else,
2: what else is he going to do? He, he's either going to have to because he's not he's not going to beat Reinhard or Ruinfall, right? No. So like he, you know, what else is he going to do other than either you know kind of fade into one of those or, or leave? So I mean that that does kind of make sense.
0: I mean, you know, I. I, I
2: i guess i'm not trying to say this as like oh julian gets defeated
0: and like he is forced to do this i'm just saying that like i I wonder if like just the events will eventually conspire towards like julian eventually arriving at the conclusion that like maybe this is the only viable option left to us like if we are truly committed to this idea of like preserving democracy in some form then like maybe we do have to make drastic decisions um but yeah speaking of plot armor (laughs) <laughs> I feel like now we want to get into a uh, the other half of our speculation, and this is where we're going to have our Legend of the Galactic Heroes death pool. All right, um, I want everybody to uh, to make some hard bets here. Uh, barring the obvious characters, like you know, I don't know, like Julian or Frederica, or maybe like you know Reinhard, or or or, or, or you know, or other or characters who are obvious in other ways, like Mittermeier or, or Ranthal. <laughs> who are your bets on characters you think are 100% going to survive this show? And by survive I mean like they will make it to the final episode. this does not they won't mean, die on
2: camera right
0: right they will not die in an epilogue, yeah. they will not die of old age like they will not die like oh and then blah 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 they lived happily until they died peacefully in their st- I mean characters who will overall survive until the final episode. and then conversely, who is a character um, you think stands no chance? Of surviving this series,
2: so we're gonna do the survival first.
0: Yeah, let's go with survival. Kazlun's uh, family.
2: Yeah, I think I think the <laughs> FBA, I think the FPA crew got a little more plot armor, except maybe Shen. I still think Shen. Oh, yeah, Shen down. Shenkong's yeah, Shen, dead. Shen, no, Shen Shen down. All right, Dusty is surviving. <laughs> you think Dusty survives?
0: You think Dusty makes it to the end? I age? think
3: he writes the history that is used oh, as one of the shit. primary sources yeah. because this is a yeah, still a history. Test. I think, they're I setting, I I think they've been before. setting him up for
2: that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. So here's I the think thing. in
2: general, the other than Shenkop, the 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 rest of the FPA crew is looking much better now than they did yeah, well uh, before. Yeah. I'm still
0: going to make this bet because I made this bet as far back as season two. I think, Eero, you took the easy way out by saying Casaloo's oh, yeah. family.
1: Absolutely. I took the easy way out. No, that doesn't
0: count. I expect <laughs> you to pick another character at once we're done. Ugh. Uh, Ugh. I'm going to say Casaloo. Casaloo himself. like Survivor I think, dies. I think Liz... Okay, I think, yeah I think, he'll, I think i think i, I think he'll make I it i think castle new, well here's the thing i've been saying this as far back as season two when y'all were like oh i don't know i think his family is actually going to kill him i think castle new is the rare example of a character who has appropriated the plot armor of other people around him <laughs> like castle new, by himself zero plot armor that dude would be fucked but castle yeah, new, I, I, yeah. Was,
2: I was i was on that i was on that boat for for, for castle new making it yeah like, right, I think, I, think so. I said that last season. I knew he was. But I think survive. I think
0: now that I think that now that Kazanlu has survived season three and has survived Yang's death, because I always thought so. My original speculation: I think people can go back and find some episode where I said this. My suspicion was always: whenever Yang died, a lot of the FPA was going to go with him, like it was going to be like a big traumatic event. You know, maybe not a you know mm-hmm. blaze of glory but like something was going to happen that was going to like gut the fpa but
2: i thought they were going to ask like sacrifice easer loan or something right. like that like
0: but now yeah. that that hasn't happened i'm pretty confident kazanlu is going to make it
2: because at, at least, least yeah.
0: one family man so, has to have a happy ending it's... in this show
3: <laughs> i think pop here's, here's survives. you think pop oh, i think he dies i think he survives. i think mm. he might be one of, one of the people who dies he kind of, like, he dies to show Karen, like, what, you know, like, kind of, like, oh, as the, come the on. figure to both Karen and I, Julian. I feel like,
2: I feel like his window to go would have been when, uh... Earth Cult stuff. No, like, even before that, when, um, what's-his-name died? Kodif? Yeah, when, like, I, I feel like that was the best window for Poplin to go, like, him just, like, to, like, you know decide that you know be totally reckless with his life and then go out that way <laughs> but you think that because uh, because
0: poplin has endured and survived and become stronger as a result of his yeah. trials That's and right. tribulations poplin will survive legend of the galactic heroes
2: yeah i i think right. i think but, he's got I, if, I would give him like 65 percent chance
3: okay all right here's here's my one 100 death prediction though uh I think Bittenfield dies to Royanthal to show just how serious this next war is Ooh, going to be. Ooh, I like sure, that. Sure.
0: Yeah, you know what? I like I like that
3: one because like here's like a... I love Bittenfield but yeah. No, 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 so, you're right.
0: Don't... No, Bittenfield is the perfect I mean <laughs> Bittenfield is the perfect mid-carter to like put Royanthal over actually. Like that's perfect actually. Like if you want if you if you want to convince the crowd, you want to convince the marks that uh, Royanthal is the real deal. You have him take out a guy like Binfield because Binfield on paper right. is pretty powerful, but Binfield has also like basically never won a battle in his entire time on the show.
1: <laughs> like only battles <laughs> he's a miracle admiral who station continues to rise as he keeps losing. <laughs>
0: yes, I mean Binfield's like only wins are against like Bucock, and they're always like these weird sucker punches, so like they barely even right. count. So. So yeah, okay. So, I, I don't yeah. Know. Part of me
2: is still holding out hope that there's they're gonna go for the dramatic irony of Bittenfield surviving all of this. But, Somehow uh,
0: Bittenfield, the most like fucking foolhardy admiral, is also the only one that survives like I, I, I would
2: still, yeah, still lead toward him him eating it though. I'd put him at like eighty okay. percent. I,
1: sure, I, I, I don't know I don't know if this it. is I don't know if this is something I believe in my heart, but something I'm gonna put my chips on. Okay. Because, because so what? Someone's gonna kill Anna Rose. Ooh, yeah! Mm. All he right. she'll so still be assassinated, and this will drive uh, you know. Reinhardt I, I was saying, itch. what uh,
2: what is Reinhardt's motivation? That would light a fire in him. Oh, yeah! And and uh, yeah. Injured, and uh, yeah. R- Rubinsky has brought that up. Yeah, that's but true. That is always right. a card he can play.
0: And like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's all right. So, all right, so Anna Rose for Eero, Binfield for Marlin. What about you, Jill? Who is uh, guaranteed to die. Well,
2: I, mean, I already said Mittermeier, but I think we all know that, right? I,
0: I, mean, that's, I, I think Well, I think you can pick Mittermeier as a valid choice, I think. I just also think if, that... If, like, if you want
2: me to pick my 100% who's going to die most likely, I'm going to say Mittermeier. Sure. Um, okay. I feel like mm-hmm. I was 100% on Shenkot before... I'm like, I'm like, I'm going to give it like a 90 now.
0: <laughs> I I mean, the reason I'm not going to pick Shenkop for my choice is because I still think dude is 100% guaranteed to die. Like, Shenkop is too, like, he is too much, like, he's like, he is, he's like Bucock. He's like those, he's like those Empire admirals. He's too, like, larger than life to be allowed to live. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, if anybody is allowed to go out in mm-hmm. a blaze of glory, it's going to be a guy like Shenkop. Like, you just, you he can, was. You can see the scene in your head, like Shenkop is facing off against like fucking a hundred (laughs) Empire dudes, and Uh like, like you can just you just know Shenkop's going to be the guy who's just like, you just know Shenkop's going to like fucking put his axe on the like (laughs) fucking like like stabs axe to the ground and be like, all right. Who wants to Who wants to win the glory of killing Walter Shenkopp? Right, like he is,
2: he is the one that's going to go out on the pile of bodies. right? Yes. Right. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, but what yeah, about no, Minor
0: You think Minor Matter dies? How do you think he dies? Do you think it's going to be by Ruinthal?
2: I'm not. I I, I, I'm 100 sure yet. I think it, I don't think Ruinthal is going to kill him directly. I think I think he's going to. Die protecting Reinhardt in some way, whether that's from Reinhardt or the Earth Cult, or some other way. That's that's what I'm, I'm thinking. Or, or maybe but,
3: something to do with the kid, because like he's been getting really fixated on that kid. Maybe or, or yeah, maybe something with he, like with, he gets caught by an Earth Cult spy and they kill him. Who knows? what if what, what
1: if like Mittermeier survives and he adopts Rein, Reinthal's kid uh, as like the ending. Of that plot line. I mean, like, you know? Uh, maybe. Because he can't ha- he's has, He and Evangeline can't have a kid. And
0: I mean, I that, suppose. You know, uh, like... Yes, I suppose if anyone could end the cycle of hatred and revenge, it would be <laughs> So, Yeah,
3: I do like Constable. him a lot. I don't, I don't want
0: him
2: to die. <laughs> he's like, no, a, I don't want him know. to no, die. No, Mitter.
0: we don't want Mittermeier okay. to die. But the problem is, Mittermeier's too fucking nice. Like, he.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that kind of comes back around to. Uh, I think I think I said in the like the first podcast we did where it's like can can nice guys like that stay in power and like be and stay alive you know guys like and right. we've seen Young and Kirky Ice and like eventually I feel like Eminem is kind of getting in that category where it's like some they're, they're going to be too and 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 Mittermeier is way more naive than Kirky Ice or Young ever was. Yeah, like, true. I feel like something, someone's going to take advantage of him, or he's going to fall for something. Or right, I don't
1: know. like Overstein slash Lang could take him out pretty easy. Oh yeah, they could
2: definitely I mean, take him in, out. Easy.
0: In in many ways, like now we're getting kind of the weeds about Mittermeier the character himself here, but I will say that I think in many ways the reason why Mittermeier has survived this long is actually because he, he has a specific type of character archetype that has actually existed throughout history is that he is the character that is actually so honest and so, like, genuine that in some ways that has almost granted him a sort of plot armor in and of itself. Because, like... It means that like conspirators like can't really get dirt on him, right? Like in the ways that like you <laughs> can, like you, in, in the ways you can like frame Roenthal for all sorts of shit. Like, you could say anything about Roenthal. You could say any ratchet. You could you could accuse Roenthal of any ratchet shit you could come up with, and like you'd believe it, or at least you you yeah. you you'd be like you'd think about it. True. I mean, Whereas when he like, had when
2: they had his trial, though, everyone was like, "Yeah, that that checks out." Right. Like. Whereas
0: like a guy like Mittermeier, like. What the fuck you gonna what the fuck you gonna accuse Mittermeyer of, right? Like embezzlement, treason, like Nah, <laughs> none of it none of it will stick to him. He's too honest for it. And so like, in a way that acts as a sort of pseudo plot armor. But I do agree that I think eventually that honesty is going to uh is going to yeah, bite cause him.
2: I, Cause I I feel like I feel like he's gotta go if Ruenthal's gonna go full rebellion. And I, I don't see any way Plot wise, Ruinthal I mean, does not go for yeah. rebellion at some point. I mean, I mean
0: Joe, were you the one who said that you think Mittermyer is just going to die in like the first three episodes
2: of season? four? Yeah, I think it's going to be fast.
0: What what if that happens? What if that's actually what happens? Is Mittermeier dies? What happens if Ruinthal is framed for Mittermeier's death? That is what pushes Ruinthal over the edge, right? Like I, I don't, I
2: don't, I don't know if I don't know if it's going to be related to Ruinthal directly. I just think I mm. think just not having him there, even if it's not immediately a factor would be a fa- could be a factor later because like i, I think I, yeah I, I agree i i, sure, I would right. i would have a i would have a harder time believing runethal just like straight up clashing armies with with because you know that's who reinhardt's gonna send out first right. right so like i i think i think for that to happen he's gotta get out of the way somehow but yeah I, sure. I i don't i think i think there's gonna be some kind of foul play involved with it or something or he's gonna get caught up in Probably the Earth Cult. The Earth Cult is the most is like the most dangerous card on the board right now. Yeah. I think. Yep. Yeah, or, uh, geez, or I guess so like real, Agent yeah. and they they've got a the line. Has, yeah. Earth Ruin's Ruin's the
1: got line. has got a
2: line. Yeah, yeah,
1: Earth Cult's got a line straight to Ruinthal via Job Trunick.
2: Yeah, that is true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I I, uh, I did want to bring Job Trunick up yeah, and like so. because
1: Job Trunick was like a noted supporter of Goldenbaum Dynasty, like. They can use that as against uh, Roenthal or something. I don't know. Sorry, um, Joe. You
0: you said you wanted to uh, say something about job.
2: No, I'm just gonna be. I, I'll be interested to see if he plays any kind of significant role. I think he'll. Pl-
0: I think he'll play his him. part.
2: You yeah. Know? I, always, I always wondered like how much. I've always found it hard to gauge how good of like a politician Joe Trunick is and or versus how lucky he is and just I mean popping up, popping in and out like a cockroach I mean, so here's,
0: the, here's the problem right is that how do you quantify what is a good politician because like right. he's a very good politician at continuing to get elected despite his constant fuck-ups in that well, regard yeah, that's what he's that's a pretty what good like. politician
2: but. yeah i mean the, the fact that he's been able to survive and still have a job like is that just out of sheer luck i mean some of it i guess they imply it is because like Every time he comes up, Reinhardt's just trying to get rid of him, and he does I not mean, definitively get rid of him. And I think I think some of that is like,
0: I mean, some of that is that I think is that like it is in some ways it is Jobs like quality right? Is that he is shameless right? He has no pride, mm-hmm. he has no honor. Like he will suck up to Reinhardt for a job, and you know Reinhardt like completely like underestimating. How shameless Job Truth will be will like try to humiliate him with a job he's sure that no- that nobody would ever take, but Job Truth right. will take it anyways, right? Like yeah. that's
2: because he he doesn't strike me as like a Rubinsky where he's pulling the strings. No, but I think he's very good at looking day, out but... for his.
0: I think he's very good at looking out for his own self interests. Like yeah, you know. And uh, but is
2: he going to have any influence now that he's uh, in you know working with on I guess. Don't, pretty high up in Ruinthal's. Uh, my
0: my suspicion is that my suspicion, or maybe it's just my hope, is that Job Trune does not end up playing too large of a role. But I think he will like play a at least one pivotal role in
2: season four, for better or worse. Like, I mean, we all wanted to have a horrible, humiliating death. So.
0: Yes, yes, but I'm not sure we're going to be that fortunate. You know, like if I was being really cynical, I would say that maybe Job Trune has a 100 chance of surviving this show, <laughs> just as like a commentary on like. You know, yeah. fucking politics. <laughs> but, yeah. I uh, see uh, possibility. So for oh, my drums. guess anyways, oh sorry. No, uh, off, say, I was gonna say for who, who dies. Um, is Oberstein too obvious of an answer? Like maybe I don't know.
1: Jump oh, through think... next Oberstein in a ring with one knife and
2: uh...
1: <laughs> <laughs> Like what I'm serious, um, like is
0: Oberstein too obvious of an
2: answer of someone who's guaranteed to die? I can see a world like, where he does not die.
0: Okay, then that would be my bet, is that Oberstein will eventually overstep his bounds. Like, Oberstein's been doing a very good job of kind of, you know, being the man behind the curtain so far. But I think eventually Oberstein's going to do something that, like... Here's the thing. Here's the thing where I'm not sure, though. Like, will Oberstein do something? Will Oberstein overstep his bounds? Will he go, will he, like, disobey Reinhardt because he thinks he's going to do something to save Reinhardt? Or will he become disillusioned with Reinhardt? Like you know what I'm saying here, right? Like, like will Oberstein basically quote unquote try to save Reinhardt from himself? Like,
2: right?
3: Yeah, I
0: think that's. I'm doing this gonna, for your own. I way, don't think uh, he's Reinhardt. ever going to betray him.
1: Okay, so here's a what if Oberstein kills Anna Rose? Th- yeah, that's saying. kind of yeah,
2: where. Like what?
1: I, I don't think Oberstein's going to kill Anna Rose, but. I mean we'll set the we'll set the events in motion for it to happen. we're me.
2: starting a, a line of connection between him and Rubinsky with Lang,
1: yes, yeah
2: I could could well, first of all, Rubins, Rubinsky versus Oberstein is an interesting battle uh, and <laughs> you know could could it be set up to where Oberstein takes the blame for Anna Rose being killed
0: in oh. some way?
2: Who, who's going to win that, who's going to win that uh, battle of uh, manipulation between Oberstein right, and yes, Rubinsky? Yes, right. interesting. Uh... Yeah,
0: I'm certainly curious because like, you know, we talk about like Oberstein being like the master manipulator, but again, I think we literally said this at the end of our season two wrap up as well. We actually haven't really seen Oberstein do fucking jack shit for like, he hasn't done anything in a long
2: time.
1: He's, in been, a while,
0: like, he's been pretty quiet, but I wonder if like that's building to something, you know, like, and, and I'm certainly curious, but I don't know. I just, I, do, I just don't see Oberstein like. I do not see we are. I do not see a city here at episode 110 of Legend of Galactic Heroes, and Reinhardt is still just chilling with Oberstein. Like I don't, I don't yeah. know if that's how it goes. I don't think so. Like I
2: don't think Oberstein
0: is that kind of character.
2: There's a lot yeah. of people in the Empire that hate him. So yes, also <laughs> right. for that
0: like. I'm not even saying Reinhardt is the one who does a mid. I'm just saying something or someone gets Oberstein in the end.
3: Yeah,
0: I can see hmm, it. I like
2: uh, I, I like Gyro's idea. Home in the ring <laughs> with a we can't we can't <laughs> include Andrew Fork anymore. So uh, no, last, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, He's no, no, um,
0: thank, but uh, yeah. So just to just sum it up one more time. So uh, around the table. So for who 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 we think will live? I said Kazalnu,
3: Poplin,
2: Dusty. Um, I don't know if I picked a different one. Did I? Uh, oh
0: shoot! Did you not pick someone? Did we uh, skip over that?
2: Because I, because I, I, I think I jumped on the the Casal New bandwagon. you were Mintermeyer. All right, Jill. I no, I we're talking who lives, right? Yeah, oh, right, yeah right, I'm sorry. saying yeah. Who... I, I picked Mintermeyer for who dies, but I don't think oh, I picked yeah. somebody for who lives. Um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, because I had I had said I had said Casal New too, but I don't know if I have an alternate. No, well, that's
0: fine. We'll just say that you also like two bets. <laughs> two bets on Chaz will leave that.
2: We're gonna pick. one that is not obvious. Then uh, right,
0: right. We're, we're going for like less obvious op- options. Because I think I think I, I think for, like
2: Frederick and Julian are probably pretty. Yeah, safe, I like, think that's too obvious. Yeah. I think they're yeah.
0: yeah. All right, and then once again for who dies, I said Oberstein and Rose,
2: Bittenfield, uh, Mittermeier. Who did you say, Marlon? bitten field, oh, though. Yep. <laughs> yes.
0: Okay. So, uh, again, uh, take notes. Keep yes. Keep these names <laughs> keep in mind, and uh, we will reconvene um, <laughs> in our season four
1: recap podcast. Weeks
0: yes. Yes. Um, but uh, but yeah. Okay. With that taken care of, I guess in a weird ways we did <laughs> our next topic actually sort of. Uh, Connects to this in a roundabout way. Uh, I, I didn't actually notice this till now. Eero, uh, was this your suggestion?
1: I put that on there, yes.
0: All right. Um, fine. <laughs> Next topic. What would be the most satisfying way for Oberstein to meet his ignoble end?
1: Put him in a ring <laughs> with Joptronic <laughs> and then one, one knife. See, here's the <laughs>
2: thing. Oberstein doesn't really care if he lives or dies. Right? I know, so, and like, I hate man. him.
4: I want, like, 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 I want what, to see him
1: be? like. What could I, you possibly do that would make him care? I know, that's like, the thing, right? Like, you need to flap him. He's He's got to be
2: flapped before he dies. The only time we saw him even get remotely angry was that one time he was they were at that meeting and he had to walk out for like 30 seconds.
4: I know, yeah. yeah.
2: But like, ugh. And even then, it was just like he calmly got up, walked out for 30 seconds, and then came back. Like,
1: I'm like, like she what was do you, dog what do you do? in front of him or something. Like, I don't know.
0: I mean, I guess, I guess that's the thing, right? Like, it would not be enough just to, like, kill for Oberstein to to eat it. I feel like Oberste- we would finally have to see Oberstein lose that icy cold facade, if even just for, like, a minute. Yeah. You know, just, like, but what would do that, right? Like, what could possibly throw Oberstein off? A bombing did not throw Oberstein off guard. Like, let us be clear here. Like, yes. Oberstein was literally bombed. And- <laughs> In an explosion. Yeah, did and not like...
2: break uh, sweat or change did not his break,
0: Yes, did not break character.
2: I mean, the only thing he cares about is his dog, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to think, like, what are other ways... Uh, what are other ways we could... Uh, uh, I guess that's the thing, right? Because as much as we were joking... Uh, Like, (laughs) what are actually, we are kind of getting back into speculation territory here. Like, what are actual ways Oberstein would, like, conceivably die, right? Like, if you just want to joke, like, the most humiliating options, of course, is just, like, I don't know, like, freaking, you know, freaking, I don't know, takes a tour of, like, I don't know, a pie factory, slips (laughs) on a pie, and, like, You know, knocks his head on the corner of a table and, like, dies of a brain aneurysm, you know? Like, I don't... That would be maybe the funniest way to go, but it's not a way I would actually believe um, would happen.
2: I mean, would it be that he, uh... I mean, what is it... It's like the whole reason he joined... He hated the
1: Goldenbaum dynasty because.
2: So maybe maybe if uh, the bungling poet reinstalls the uh, the deposed emperor, and uh, Oberstein has to live the rest of his days uh, under a new Goldenbaum dynasty, that's uh, (laughs) a. That's that the, that would not be bad. That's the best we could do. Be terrible for everybody else too. But oh, no, you know. no, it'd be awful for the state of the <laughs> galaxy.
0: But who knows? You know, maybe forty billion lives are worth it if Oberstein gets humiliated in the end. So maybe, maybe it will have been worth it. Uh, but yeah. So uh, maybe we should now move into uh, uh another another point of speculation we have here. So you could say our next topic is not really a a topic itself, but more uh, an interesting observation that uh, Eero made the other day. Yeah, but uh, you know, I you know the joke is that I constantly refer to the legendary 1988 science fiction OVA as well, the legendary 1988 yeah. science uh, fiction OVA. But whereas
1: like season three ends like in the first half of 1995.
0: Yes. It's like, uh, we're
1: firmly into the mid to late 90s now. Right, and then you, yeah. you
0: made the interesting observation that uh, it's weird. It's weird to think of Legend of Galactic Heroes as a 90s anime, but you specifically pointed out that uh, Season 4 uh, takes place in a post-Evangelion <laughs> world. Uh-huh. That's and, fucking
1: weird. <laughs> yeah, right.
0: and here's the thing. I don't think we're actually going to see any influence from that, quite frankly. I think that... Uh-huh. Legend of the Galactic Heroes is indifferent to the world around it. Like, yeah. quite
1: frankly, but I would agree. Just also, what?
0: Yeah, it's so mm-hmm. wild to think about. Like, oh, Legend of the Galactic Heroes almost ended on the cusp of two thousand.
1: Like, right? Like this uh, anime it ran for almost ten
0: years. Right? Like, truly right. a journey amongst the sea of stars. Like we've called this a journey amongst the sea of stars. You know, our our paltry year spent watching, um, this show. But uh, it, it must be like. It must have been wild for fans at the time, like to. I mean, we say ten years, but then again, like we're still talking about Evangelion. That's about how long it's taken to go from rebuild three to four right? So, not even yeah. that crazy,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess. So, uh, uh, it's just kind of weird for me to think about. Yes, you know, right.
2: Uh, for uh for for, for some perspective, uh, you know what series had about the same amount of episodes and the same amount of time. Uh, what, the monogatari series uh, Wait, really? Uh, <laughs> yeah
0: wait monogatari's had like 100 episodes
2: it's probably around Damn, there somewhere. It, it's gotta I mean, be getting I, close yeah I mean, yeah there's been yeah. a lot of seasons and it's it's been it's been about it's been about 10 okay. years i just stopped paying Christ.
0: attention to that franchise entirely but i guess you're right like every year like every year or so i just
1: fucking see something related to that property show up and but yeah speaking of neon genesis evangelion <laughs> uh <laughs> We just wrapped up a podcast where we re-watched the show. Indeed. With, with G and Jell and I, bro. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so that's that's finished, and you can listen to the whole thing. It, it is kind of weird to
2: think about where the anime-watching uh, Zeitgeist was at that time, and thinking of Legend of... Because, again, we always think of Legend of Black Heroes as an 80s anime, and how The uh, I guess the, the anime watching landscape would be different at that yeah, time. I did,
1: I did, uh, when I was looking through interviews for Neon Genesis Evan I did see one with Anno, like uh, around the end of Evangelion, I believe. Oh, yeah, there, there was a question about uh, what's up with like novels these days being written to become anime, and he said, like, Oh, that's they've been doing that for a long time now. Legend of Glad Kuros was really good. <laughs> all right,
2: all right,
0: Otto. name uh, uh, dropping I Galactic saw. Heroes.
1: I saw that and went. Ha ha! Legend of the Galactic Heroes. <laughs> we're <laughs> right, watch, right. we're, we're watching that show. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, uh,
2: uh, Anno is a fan of uh, military documentaries. Yeah, that does make yeah, sense. Yeah, yes, that was,
0: that in sense. many ways it does track. I mean, well, I mean, even more than Otto himself, right? Like, I mean, and you know, we 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 talked about this briefly oh. in season one. I think go all the way back we talked about like Legend of the Galactic Heroes cultural influence, but like. I guess it's it's weird, because, like, in many ways, I don't know if I see a ton of Galactic Heroes in other anime, but, like, you do see the occasional, like, parody or, like, you know, reference to it, you know, and, uh... There was that like, candy commercial dude. a
1: couple months ago.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> like, 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 gel. Like, this should be relevant Good. to you now, like, Hinomatsuri, right? Like, even, actually, like, Hinamatsuri, like, had that one scene where fucking Nita was dressed up like Reinhard, like, yeah it's like it's it's like you you see these references in the weirdest places (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm. yeah it's kind of it's always kind of had it's never been like at the forefront of like the anime discourse at least not in my lifetime or our lifetimes but the it's always been kind of hanging out back there somewhere yes
0: but uh, but yeah. So yeah. anyway, well, you know what? Well, whatever. We we could talk all, all day about like Galactic Heroes cultural influence. I mean, look, we're still watching this goddamn show like, what thirty <laughs> years later at this point. Yeah.
1: So right. <laughs> hey, I mean, season two D and is later this year, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, if we didn't plan for this, but we could get into this a little bit. Is uh, I mean. I don't know about you know Gel Marlin. I know I don't know about you guys, but Ero, we're we're gonna keep watching DNT, aren't we? Oh yeah, like, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah! Like we. Uh, it. I it.
2: I never finished. The, I, I don't I know. The it's first it's one. gonna be tough.
0: I know. I know you guys didn't love DNT, but like, there's a weird soft spot in my heart for it. Just because Absolutely. like it's not like as good as the OVA by any stretch of the imagination, but like it is fascinating to watch. Like. Those same events played out, you know, thirty years later. Like how, how yeah, like how does anime portray children. these events? You know, <laughs> like, like think about how much less axe murder there is in DNT. You know, it's like, <laughs> like it's one of those things that I'm really curious about. Like how how will they play out? Like, will oh, didn't they do the Yotlin original? Lee... Is
3: Ezerlone take over in
0: that first? Yeah, season? they did. They did, and it's a lot more subdued. Like they basically just like basically the 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 disguise trick works all the way to the very end. Uh, like, okay. they basically take over Isar alone like without shedding any blood. <laughs> but
2: uh Yeah, that is a lot like, like,
1: yeah. Uh, they like stab a guy with a pen or something, but uh, Yeah,
0: they yeah, yeah, they do that.
2: Like The uh season season one ends on the their push to uh like their big the fucking, the the fucking
1: cliffhanger rate. for Armletser.
0: Oh no no, they're already losing at Armlitzer by the end of oh, season really? one. Oh, okay. Like, like season that. one specifically okay. ends with Lobos has uh, reconsolidated the fleets at Armletser. <sighs> And uh, Yang is on his way to kind of uh, save what's left of the FPA fleet, while Reinhard mm-hmm. kind of moves in for the kill. And again, I'm kind of curious how it's going to go. You know, I mean, like I assume the big the big events are going to play out the same, but like it's always the little things that like fascinate me. You know, like for better or worse, like as somebody's kind of been paying attention to how DNT has been promoted, it's all Reinhard all the time. Like Yang is basically a bit character in all the trailers I've seen for season two of DNT. <laughs> And like it makes me wonder like is that because like retroactively reinhardt has only grown more popular amongst the fan base you know since the original airing like or like is it just because armletzer is kind of a big win for reinhardt so it makes sense to kind of present him as the kind of the the primary actor of that fight but like it is weird like i wonder like in 2019 like does yang get weirdly relegated to like side character status in a and, and,
2: I also didn't really like DNT Young. Yeah,
0: I thought he was all right. I mean, too too good, se- too good he's so looking.
2: much more <laughs> too sexy. Yeah, sorry. no, 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 that that's that's all well and good. But uh, the <laughs> the uh, he just seems so much more like dry and joyless compared to the uh, uh, OVA. Mm-hmm. I guess
0: so. Yeah, I i guess that's true yeah and 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 maybe you know i don't
2: know as, as does all the characters and right compared i mean OBA, for, honestly,
0: i think this but... is why we're gonna have to wait till we start getting like some of the more outsized personalities right like i think i need to see like what dnt bittenfield looks like you know or, or acts like <laughs> you know to yeah. really get like like when when Benfield gets dunked on by young at sir. <laughs> i need to see what that fight looks like and then we'll maybe be able to get a better feeling for like you know how this how this plays out you know right. but i will agree it's going to be weird because like for example we have seen what dnt dusty looks like and he's very like conventionally pretty and it's hard for me to imagine the <laughs> dnt version of dusty being the guy who says shit like we'll fight this war on foppery and whim or like the two most important words in the galaxy are so what you know like <laughs> i don't see I,
2: Dressing
0: up like a Right, but I don't see that version of Dusty doing all that uh, stuff. Like,
1: what about sexy glasses, Kazanu? <laughs>
0: oh, right. Yes, yes, very like yes, like oh, sexy boy.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> kind of could like how do they portray him? Because he's such like a dad figure in the anime in the OVA. I don't,
0: I don't know if they even allude to Kazanuw's family in D and I'm sure they'll show up. I think they're important enough that they're not I the think
2: people. they mention them at least. Yeah. But he, because I remember because because I, I, I remember them I remember him saying something about his family or something I'm like oh yeah th- he does not look like in typical anime terms he does not look right like right like, like
0: it's hard to imagine like 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 I don't know OVA castle new looks like yeah right. like the, like <laughs> like the prospect of like seeing DNT New, like the DNT version of castlelo like tease Julian about marrying his like four year old daughter. Like I don't know if that, <laughs> it's probably not gonna right, happen. I don't know if right? that plays like, the same when like DNT Kazanou is like also young and sexy. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like, it, like it works. It works with OVA Kazanou because he it, he does kind of have that bumbling dad energy to him, mm-hmm. and like he you know he would joke about like oh you're gonna marry my daughter someday right? So don't break her heart. Right. Uh, like I don't know if all that stuff. That dynamic plays the same when he is like. Just as hot as the rest of them. Or, like, I don't know. Or, like, like same thing with Shenkop, right? Like, Shenkop, like, DNT Shenkop is, like, maybe the manliest character in that show. And even then, he's still like, very pretty. And, yeah. like, it's hard to imagine that version of Shenkop, like. I would argue at least, D&T, dudes.
2: at least DNT. At least DNT Kirky Ice isn't as pretty as the right, right.
0: Somehow Kirky Ice, of yeah. all characters, got the fucking downgrade. <laughs> but, uh,. Yeah.
2: Well, there's only, there's only room to go down from those. yeah, yeah, you'll never be good
3: enough for eyes anyway.
2: Yes,
0: Yes, exactly. Well, whatever. I'm looking forward to seeing DNT uh, Louis Meshengo showing up in in, in season two. So (laughs) that'll be good. But yeah, speaking of very pretty people, I think we're going to move into a, our, our fun slash stupid topic of our wrap up podcast Uh there. Okay. It's
1: only dating the podcast.
0: Yes, yes, the part where we date this podcast. Speaking of dating... Oh, um, yeah. So, as some of you have listened, have known, uh, me, Jill and Ero have been playing a lot of Fire Emblem Three Houses. And
1: that See, show... lots that, of Black parallels.
0: Yes, a lot of co- parallels to the the OVA in, in, in that game. But we're not going to talk about that. We're going to get more into <laughs> the other... Well, we're going to get into the more unique part of Fire Emblem, which is... Um, it's uh, the relationships you form with the characters. And mm-hmm. uh, specifically, kind of uh, maybe kind of get into like some more aspects of like, you know, which character would belong to what house, like which characters would have the best support conversations. And right, personally, what here. I think is going to be the most interesting thing. <laughs> I'm Sorry, Marlon. Try and stick around. You've really? played Fire Emblem. You're a Fire Emblem I, fan. You'll, you'll be able to I, get I know, some of this. Mm-hmm. But uh, what I personally want to start off is... Um, what would be the perfect tea time for the cast of Legend of the Galactic Heroes? Uh, for those of you not per- familiar with perfect tea time, um, in the game Fire Emblem Three Houses, you can invite oh. your various students and fellow teachers to tea. And uh, in this segment, you uh, have to pick a blend of tea to serve um, your your teammate, Um you have to. Uh, you have to pick
2: the conversation. Yes, topics. you have to
0: pick conversation topics. You have you're given multiple options. You know stuff like, you know, cats, um, cats or cute monks, cute monks or <laughs> battle tactics or weapons maintenance, and you have to like pick the topics that will resonate with the character you invited to tea time. And if you answer them all correctly, you unlock. Uh, you unlock perfect tea time where uh <laughs> you're given control of the camera and allowed to uh zoom in and pan on the character's face oh i am i am not ready for <laughs> and, this and uh, so now that we've kind of uh, familiarized ourselves with what perfect tea time is uh what are some characters you think uh you could take out to a take out to perfect tea time and what topics would those be you know uh, for example i got, you got to young here, you know,
1: and you got to like brandy tea <laughs>
0: Yes. So for oh, Yang Lee, the obvious got... answer is you pour you pour, is it, it is you pick any tea and you pour brandy into the tea, and then yeah. for topics you pick um, history and the inevitable collapse of democracy. <laughs> yep.
1: Exactly. I, I'm
0: not. I'm honestly not sure if Yang has any other hobbies to be honest, but no. a new gambit. <laughs> yes, a new gambit. Yes, Yang would be interested in that. But uh, what about uh, other kids? He also had
3: a uh, Baron. Uh, Flugel, uh, you get some champagne, and you talk about Mecklinger.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, that um, would be Kunmel. Yeah. Yes, yes, that would be the play there. Yes. Oh,
3: how the fuck was Flegel? He was it. the guy in the wheelchair. Uh, uh... No, that, that's Baron Kunmel. Wait, uh, no, no,
0: uh, yeah. Flegel? Fl- the bungling the, poet? Uh, no, 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 Flegel was, no, was the, the bullshit uh, uh, guy.
1: Oh, okay. Flegel yeah. was the Lipstop motherfucker. Oh, I, you know right? what Part I'm talking the about.
0: Land, Landsberg is the bungling poet. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Landsberg is the bungling poet.
3: But <laughs> well, you know what I mean. The, the guy in the
0: wheelchair. Yes. Uh, talk, to him, talk to him about me. Yes. Yes. We know. We know. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. I. I'm not prepared for this, so Blue I'm just going to say Edel. P- pick uh, Reinhardt and
1: do whatever I pick for Edelgard, and it's going to be the exact same. The thing. The exact same. Thing. <laughs> just pick eyes. Sure. What are what what
0: what is a perfect tea time with Kirky Eyes? Is that just talking about Reinhard? Yeah. <laughs> sure. Like
1: I would, man. Well, I don't know uh, what Kirky Eyes likes.
0: Well, it's talking talk about Reinhardt, But if you really know Kirky Eyes, what you'll actually talk about around Kirky Eyes is Anna Rose. Like oh. he'll never admit it himself. But what about, uh,
1: about handstands? Yes.
0: Handstands. Oh, they love them. They love them. Their,
1: their handstands. Yes. <laughs> um. What, was the, know, what but, was the cake that? Uh, what was the pie that Anrose made for Kirky Eyes? I can't even remember. <laughs> that he um, just ate with his fucking hands yeah. spot under that
0: tree uh, speaking, of, speaking of tea times I, I know how you get negative tea time with Reinhard oh, is, uh, you would talk about parties because uh, yes. Reinhard hates parties, parties. Yeah, say,
3: like, the hardest one <laughs> uh, would be like you'd get negative tea time with almost any topic in Karen like you know there, there's just no way to have a chill time with her <laughs>
0: No, yeah, with Karen, I just, feel like
2: just, uh, like r- r- just be Julian and you'll get it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, let
0: <like> you Ju- <laughs> Right, Julian
1: would somehow be a 50-50 coin flip of either positive tea time or negative tea time. It's like you can't, you can't get the perfect tea for her because it's this like secret – it's the secret Cadro's family recipe. Yes, like it, it really is. Recipe. Like in fact, it really is a truly a testament to Poplin's
0: like social skills that he's even able to have a positive like rapport with Karen <laughs> despite like A, Poplin being Poplin and B, Karen being Karen. Uh-huh.
1: Ugh. Don't don't let Poplin become a professor.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man! No, I don't know. Poplin Poplin could be a Poplin's kind of tr- Poplin's kind of channeling that Manuela energy. Like,
1: yeah, I was gonna say we be the male version of Manuela, like a more
0: functional Maybe. version of Manuela somehow, but like still similar I don't know. Oh come on! I think at least Poplin could like, <laughs> based on what we see, go up for well, look, I say that based on based on what we see on screen based on what we see on screen. As far as I'm concerned, I think Poplin has a better batting average than Manuela. Hmm. Like... Oh yeah, totally. (laughs) Well, that's true. That's true, Yeah, It's true. (laughs) But but yes, yes, Poplin... strikes out a lot. Poplin would like to talk about Q Monks, for
1: sure. (laughs) Oh, yeah.
0: Q Monks... But uh, but yes, I don't know. Uh, we get to these other topics, sure. Of the of the existing houses that are in <laughs> three uh, three houses. So for those unfamiliar, these are the Black Eagles, who are kind of a uh, the establishment, capital E establishment. They are part of the Empire. They are kind of the house of like they are kind of the house of what the imperialists and the edge lords, and are uh-huh. like maybe the most dysfunctional house. But they are led by their strong and very like dogmatic emperor, so you know.
1: Gosh, Reinhardt. I wonder which how which faction <laughs> that applies to. Uh,
2: yeah. but, so, I mean we already we already know Edelgard is is Reinhardt, yes. Hubert is Oberstein, and, I'm still and on, with Ferdinand von
1: Eier is Mittermeier. Yes. Yeah.
2: Well, Most, oh, it's right. mostly an attitude than uh, Ferdinand von Iwer. Per se, but yes, he's got then the same have, energy.
0: Right then, you have Blue Lions, who are kind of your like more chivalrous house, but also filled with a lot of very dysfunctional edge lords <laughs> for some reason, uh, who are also racist on top of that. So, see, you know, like, that...
1: Pop- Poplin would not stand for Sylvain. <laughs> yeah, I, don't know. No,
0: I see. I, I don't think I don't think Poplin would be part of Blue Lions. I think I think Poplins would still be a Golden Deer. Like he's too goofy. For, yeah, probably. Like, and then Golden Deer. If we want to reduce them to a single word, Golden Deer are the mean <laughs> house. So uh, you know that is uh, that is definitely the home of Poplin. That is probably the home of Yang Wen Lee. That's probably that's uh, which true. means Julian probably gets. Yes, Dusty
1: and Julian. Probably Julian get just there. isn't Julian. Just Cyril, like. Ah, uh, no. no. He's, how, been, I, he's I,
0: been indoctrinated into the religion of Yang Li How dare you insult Julian like that? Julian is much better than Cyril. <laughs> Cyril's a fucking. Cyril's a little prick. Cyril. <laughs> fucking. But this isn't even related to <laughs> Legend of Black <laughs> man. Cyril. <laughs> fucking, you're, you're, you're a goddamn professor. You are a professor. And Cyril, this little fucking punk piece of shit, has the fucking gall to go up to you and be like, well, I've known Rhea for longer. I'm like, fucking fuck off, kid. Like
1: no risk no fucking what no to say is julian and also has the aptitude skill
0: oh yes sure sure but julian let's be real julian doesn't need the aptitude skill julian's base growth rates are probably like 60 across <laughs> the board like by default mm-hmm. but uh let's see in terms of like some more unexpected ones i think despite that all, all we said i think if we're not going to divide this purely by like their pre-existing allegiances i think Shenkop would be a blue lines like I think Shenkup kind of has it. Like Shenkup, unfortunately, yeah, has you know, that. he syl- defected
1: from the empire, and uh, yeah. now he's hanging out in the kingdom.
0: I think Sylvain. I, mean, I think Shenkup, unfortunately, has Oof. that low key Sylvain energy. Like, Ouch. let's
2: be real. Mm. Like, I mean, hear, yes. like what,
0: like what Shenkup got up to when he was younger. Tell me that is oh, not yeah, like totally. just Sylvain, like just pumping and dumping.
2: Shenkop uh,
1: stays um, at the academy. So Shenkop yes. perfectly suited to become a war master uh, by level yes. 30. Uh, um, yeah.
0: Let's see who else. Louis Machango is basically just Raphael. So, uh, oh. Golden Deer. Oh, come on. <laughs> Hang on. Now. Wait, 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 wait. wait. <laughs> what
1: to do. <laughs> For real?
0: Okay. Oh, are you just saying that because he's black? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Fuck I'm just throwing that oh, at shit. you. I'm just, I'm just throwing that at you for fun. You're right. You're right. Louis Mashenko is kind of a square, so he is more Blue Lions. Uh, I mean,
2: they both don't like to talk, right? Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: that is true. That is true. Um, you know, as much as I like her, is Frederica kind of more a Blue Lions in terms of energy? Like, like she's more by the book. Like. Like mm-hmm. she, she is with the FPA because by nature of being born there. But we're talking about the kind of energy she uh, she channels. She's kind of a blue lines, yeah, kind of more straight laced, kind of more. You know, she is she is basically like Ingrid, but more interestingly written. Um, uh huh.
1: Yeah. But what class uh, is she like? What's like her, what's Frederica? her? What's her? Uh, yeah. It's got to be a magic class. Yeah, right? I
0: think Frederica starts out as like black mage and eventually just kind of follows that line to the end, you know? I,
2: or is she a healer?
0: I guess that's unfair, but I guess she is kind of a healer. I mean, is that too... I mean, all right, how about this? Frederica is a white mage. Like, I think Hilda is a black mage. If we're going to go that route, that, that's like, That's probably... Yeah, that's sure. probably more. Like, Hilda Hilda is your, like, fucking crazy-ass magic damage dealer. Like, you don't get that vibe from her at is first. She, is she but... just
2: full-on dark... uh
0: yeah, she's probably casting okay. dark magic, you know, like we as we yeah, as Fire Emblem constantly reminds us, uh, the mastery of dark magic does not correlate to personality or morality. So
1: <laughs> Bucock just the Jake end of this
0: game. Bucock is Alois, right? <laughs> like he Bucock is like the teacher, right? He's like the, the older teacher who is just like he's just happy to be there.
2: Uh yeah, I'd buy that.
0: But uh but yes, um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like other like characters we could slot in, but like then it starts getting to like some very unfair comparisons. Like I don't know, fucking <laughs> putting like Flagle into Golden Deer because he's channeling that Lorenz energy, but that's very unfair to Lorenz. So I will not. I will yeah. not stand for that.
2: <laughs> yeah, I feel like there are a couple of uh, foppish nobles we could probably line up with some of the. Uh, uh, but i don't remember any of their names. yes it's, so. it's
0: been too long those <laughs> some of
2: the some of the the lesser characters yes. from the and, and know, those nobles
0: have not mattered for for far too long.
2: yeah you know i'm already having to... i feel uh... I just feel like the black eagles line up too well for all the other right, stuff. Right, To the so. empire,
0: yes, but, yes, it is a little too perfect. I mean, throw in
2: uh, almost uh, Casper as ba- almost <laughs> throwing Casper as Baby Bittenfield, <laughs> almost
1: as if they're both based on like nineteenth century Prussia or something.
0: Yes, yes, also yes, Caspar is so channeling is so channeling that Bittenfield energy. So yes, Baby that Bittenfield, is, uh, that is that yeah. is very perfect. But uh, but yeah, so.
2: Oh, sorry. What? None of, the, none of the ladies line up, though, because no. there are no. Uh,
0: unfortunately, in we just. Of of the <laughs> yeah, we just unfortunately just
2: like two, Do not so. have enough
0: like female characters in Legend of the Glatic Heroes to really line them up. Yeah, but uh, but yeah. So with that, I think we're going to kind of sunset into our final topic here. I don't know if this is going to be too long of one, but uh, as we kind of mentioned a few weeks ago, uh, we kind of. Uh, Hit the one year anniversary of uh, yeah, the kind of starting Legend of the Glorious Heroes. Doing this
1: nonstop for yeah. a year,
0: like this show has been a part of our lives for, for over a year at this point. And uh, I don't know, are you guys ready for a, a world where we don't watch this oh, show for a anymore? second? I thought
3: you were gonna rake Jill and I over the coals for not believing you guys. <laughs> I, I oh, really no, don't know, I mean, it. I've, been I've such a great ride.
0: I I said my piece back in season one. I don't need to Uh keep dangling that over your
2: heads. (laughs) I mean, that's why I got demoted from uh, being a former admiral, right? Yes, yes. Um, No, I, I I think we were saying at some point, you know, when we first started watching the show... It was like, how are they going to fill a hundred something episodes? And now we're like, are saying there's,
1: there's a- not enough episodes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I think, I
2: think
1: <laughs> I mean more. most not just because
2: we're not just because we're still enjoying it so much, which is amazing. Like, I don't feel like my enjoyment of the show has dropped right. off at all. No. And then like, there's so many plot lines to tie up that like <laughs> yeah. card still on the table. Like, like, like how are they how are they going to do this now in only like you know one normal like two core season of yeah. the anime? <laughs> like right
0: I, I I am the person. I am the person who unironically says, like, I think this show needs another season. Like, like I think it needs literally another 26 episodes to, like, fully flesh out the plot we have left. Like, how crazy is that? Like, I think at the, at the beginning we were all like, oh, I don't know, man, 110 episodes. This is a right. lot. I don't know if we Especially can stick with, with like, this. And now we're Calegula,
3: like, We thought it would be stuff like that. And then, like... I mean, now the I'm the person to... who
0: keeps saying that, uh... Sorry, go ahead.
3: No, I was just saying, like, it's amazing how, you know, even without those little side stories, like everything has just been so compact, and yet we still have so much show. Yeah, like, 110 episodes, and yet, yeah, like, it, it's just filled to the brim.
0: Yeah, it's like, it's just like, how are they, like, I'm sure they'll find a way, but we are all incredulous at this idea of how the fuck in 26 episodes can... uh how in 26 episodes can you <laughs> wrap cover, up all of this? Like, Roythal's rebellion, the fate of the empire, like Julian's destiny, like The, the bungling f- poet, the bungling poet, the eventual, like, fate of the earth cult. Like, it's
1: all so. And we need fra- epilogue. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I would be disappointed if there's no epilogue. Yeah. Yeah. You can't just, like, cut it short. I, th-
1: I mean, I've still been saying, like, the last scene of the show could just easily be, like, not everything is resolved, but we just zoom out, and, you know, narrator's like... And that was the story of a short time in this small island that we call a galaxy, uh, <laughs> or whatever. Yes, the Wheel, like, uh, wheel of yeah, Exactly, like, history continues.
0: Yeah, I mean... I don't know. Like, I mean, I think it's it's. I, I really don't know what I'm going to do in a post Legend of the Galactic Heroes world. I mean, I think that like it, it sounds hyperbolic, but I feel like we aren't like even like kidding that much when we say that. Like, I don't think there is any piece of fiction that like <laughs> compares to Legend of the Galactic Heroes, and I feel like that is why like
1: Not in my anime, she- at least
0: yes, and that is why in my sheer desperation for more, why I am inevitably going to strung arm hero into a us podcasting about Legend of the Galactic Heroes Gaiden, because look, man. It's all prequel
1: shit, man. Yeah, and are you telling me you're not gonna watch it? No, I'll watch it. Are just, you telling me- Maybe not immediately me- afterwards.
0: I just- I cannot live in a post young world. I don't care if it's a prequel. I will I will bow and scrape for any fucking glimmer of an alive and well Wen Lee again, you know, if that's what it takes.
3: Uh.
0: But, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just, uh, yeah. you know, yeah, I don't know. It's just this show has been such a big part of our lives, you know, ever since we started. Right. I've been you know, saying it every
3: time. We are those I mean, people now. We're going to be saying, have you ever watched?
0: Yeah, a, we a are. Those totally people people. Uh, uh, like, I just like, I suspect that even once this podcast has ended, we will probably still be saying stuff like that guy is <laughs> such a Reinhardt. Or, this is... <laughs> this dude is channeling so much poplin' energy For right sure. now. Like, that—that that is just gonna be us, you know? And, like, we're gonna be the people... Like, I hate to admit it, but, like... To other members of the Glorio chat who are listening... Like, I apologize, but, like... Should you ever even, like, vaguely... <laughs> should you ever even vaguely, like, voice your interest in Legend of the Galactic Heroes? You know the rest of us we are gonna descend you on you like a pack of end. vultures. <laughs> like... <laughs> Like, we'll be like, yeah, you know, you really should watch it, you know, it, it, it lives up to the hype, like, you should team. watch Eero it. be like... the out and some like, screenshots.
1: I... <laughs> oh, yeah, boy. like, we'll dip into my archive.
0: Like, we'll be like, Eero, start dropping the screenshots, you know, like...
1: I need to find some favorites.
0: <sighs> you know, it's just, it's... This show is tremendous, and I... It, it's it, it makes it's it's a thing though like it makes me like on one hand like it makes me want to pursue more Yoshiki Tanaka works like i suspect that like once we finish this OVA like Ero i may pick up the actual novels just out of sheer curiosity but need also to read the, those but also at the same time i'm not sure if my enthusiasm for Galactic Heroes will translate to other Tanaka works because like on one hand it is an adaptation of his work but on the other hand i think this OVA is great because it is a very well put together OVA yeah. i mean i think some of us kind of remember that uh that Arslan anime that aired a few mm. years ago like right I'm also, curious to
1: like go back and check out Arslan and see if I'm more appreciative of it
0: yeah like I but I feel like I remember watching at the time like that was a Yoshika Tanaka work but I feel like it did not really like resonate with us in the same way and
2: wasn't that like the the anime adaptation I, of the I, manga I, adaptation I of
1: the novel yeah yes that's correct. Something like Which that.
2: I think took some liberties from the novel to begin with and made it more anime-ish. Right. But like I like I mean because in many ways this makes I feel about Arslan, or I'm skeptical of the
0: Arslan anime in the same way that like you guys are skeptical of the DNT anime. Or even I will admit I am skeptical of the DNT anime. <laughs> in the sense of like, yeah. if the DNT anime was the only version of Legend of Galactic Heroes I ever watched, I think I would still like the show. I think I would still like the story, but I don't think it would resonate with me in quite the way that like yeah the ova has like i think there's something truly
2: special about like i I think i think the audio visual experience tied with the ova is very much part of at least for my enjoyment uh on top of the story and the writing and everything like that that i i you know the the whole package i don't know if i would get this i don't feel i don't feel like i don't i don't i don't feel like i would get the same experience just reading the novels or something like that for me personally right but
0: I don't know i mean i think in many ways this is just good i mean i think for better or worse like we are just floating these options out there as like you know whatever you like rabid fan does after like an amazing piece of work that resonates with them ends is you just try to like desperately scramble for anything that's sort of like it
2: mm-hmm. right <laughs> like a little scrap of uh, you know just everything i mean it, it that's i guess that's why the guy dead thing exists yeah i mean my heart i don't really want to watch it it's like when it's all over i might be just like right like what's the point of watching
0: of a prequel work? but it's like don't you just want to return to these characters
2: even just for a fleeting moment Uh, yeah
0: and uh
2: (laughs) i mean where are we uh where i i guess we can pass final judgment after season four but i can't I don't know if my opinion is really going to change at this point. Where where are we putting this, like, on our all-time favorite anime lists? Where oh, does it even belong boy. on it? I almost feel like it almost doesn't belong so, on an anime yeah, list. because it it's be so it, difficult. I,
0: boy, it, tr- it. it would be like putting the Lord of the Rings on I a mean, list
3: of fantasy tops, right? Like,
0: oh, I mean, I don't... Well, I, I have my personal opinions about the original Lord of the Rings novels, I, I, but... Uh, I don't think it's like that. Like, I mean, yes, let's like, heroes is a very special show, but I don't want to necessarily like call it such a sacred cow. Like, yeah. like I like it a lot. And I think I would be happy to put it in my top five, maybe even top three. Like mm-hmm. this anime has resonated with me, you know, like, like somehow. I mean, yes, you know, it says a lot that like it would share my top five anime with anime, like, you know, freaking <laughs> Gurren Lagan right. and Gunbuster. But like, it really speaks to like, the way the show resonates with me, you know. It
1: Right. I think we also picked like a we by chance picked a really like politically charged time to watch the political show in you yeah, know, like certainly in yes. time. Yes.
2: Yeah, I mean that's the, I I think that's another interesting question. If i had watched like, this
1: in 2007 or whatever, like it wouldn't be nearly as meaningful to me, I think. I wouldn't have been able yeah. to appreciate it.
0: Yeah, that's a good way to put it.
2: You kind of have to be like ready to watch the show. Yeah, Yeah, I I think you gotta be. Yes, I mean, I think like a more mature fan.
3: Kind of.
0: I mean, I think I think even more than that. Like, I don't want to be like, oh, you know, Legend of the Galactic Heroes. We're the real anime fans here. I don't want to go that far. But I think it's more like it's a very high IQ too. Like, you have to
3: have a certain amount of patience because, like, especially the beginning of the show for sure. Yeah, like, like. it, it's good but it, it's it, slow it, it, it's like a burn that you have to let really catch fire
0: i so the thing i would say then is i think that like so as much as i think we are going to become those legend of the galactic heroes people like i think that like it's also like i would not force this show on others like like without them like being ready for it i think that like I think that for better or worse, and you know, maybe we are just literally echoing like the old wisdom of like Legend of the Galactic Heroes fans of decades prior. So please forgive us for acting like we're coming up with new <laughs> takes here. But like, <laughs> don't worry, we're not thinking that. I'm sure we are just echoing like what some of y'all have said for years. But like, I think, I think Legend of the Galactic Heroes is something you have to come to. Right? Like, you ha- it's something that like. You have to be, you have to make the conscious choice of like, you, you know what?
3: You can't really sell this show. Right. Like, you, like, tried like, that you <laughs> can try. Before.
0: Like, I have tried, and like, I don't know. Well, like, I've gotten one person to like start watching the show. I, I think he fell off it already, which means I'm gonna have to keep pounding <laughs> him. But, uh, like, it is not a show that, like, just out of a whim, you can just be like, Hey man. Yeah, I'm gonna
1: watch all 110 episodes of Legend of Galactic Heroes.
0: Right, right. It's just not tenable, right? Like it is a show that I think you have to be like on your own terms, gotta be like, alright. I'm gonna watch this show. I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> I am gonna, I am, gonna I, am to, I am going to embrace what this story is. Like you you have to be the one to come to it. And I think Legend of Galactic Heroes is just like it is content to be there. I think it's just content to exist in perpetuity and uh you know just be like It'll always be here and it'll always be ready for new fans. <laughs>
2: yeah. But,
0: uh, I think with that, I think we're, <laughs> now that we are approaching like a total runtime of like three, maybe three <laughs> and a half hours here, I think we're going to have to. That's along with
1: long the other roundups have been.
0: Yeah. We're going to, we're going to start, uh, wrapping things up here for good. So, uh, I guess to uh, especially Gel uh, and Marlin. Do you guys have any closing thoughts? You know, after all, we're not gonna hear from you guys again until our season four wrap up So, any any closing Ooh, thoughts on season three?
2: Crazy thinking about that the show will be over. Yeah. last time we're. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's a little sad. It's a little yeah. bittersweet.
2: Uh, I I I don't know if I have anything to add that we haven't already talked about. Um, I feel like my opinion has been cemented on this show and now I just want to know what happens in the end here, but I don't know. If it, I, I can't see anything like that. I feel like I've been, my expectations have been trained to basically expect like anything, like there's nothing <laughs> in the status quo is safe right, at this right. point. So like, I, I don't know. I mean, we have our, we all have our general predictions. I feel like at least one of us is going to be right on some of that stuff, but like I, yeah. So I don't even know what the, to expect at this point i'm just looking forward to seeing how they i see if they if they even wrap things up or what yeah, happens it's going to be such yeah. a struggle Man. just to like because this isn't this podcast
3: is going to go out for a little bit and to just not immediately dive back into the next season
1: and not because like there would be these times I know you. You. You've always been like, "Hey guys, I'm here in the Galactic Cure, Spoiler chat, and I've watched 15 episodes ahead." <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow, some yeah, crazy I've, never, down. Spoiled anything, know, I've never spoiled anything
3: though. Right. I've never spoiled anything.
0: Yes, I just.
3: <laughs> yes, Marlin has behaved. <laughs> but, but it's just been so hard because one episode, you know, you just need to know what happens next, and it's. I, I am going to miss it so much. When I, don't know, I think done. our
1: pace has worked really well. It, it has yeah. been good pacing, yeah, and it's helped it, it, rein it, it, me in,
3: because otherwise I probably hard. would have watched everything by now and, like, tired myself out of it. <laughs> it it does... Uh, yeah, I... I'm,
0: yes, I, I am glad we've watched this over the course of a year or so. I think that is. it, it has given us time to, like, let our takes settle and, like, let our, like like... You know, like, maybe there isn't a fresh Legend of the Galactic Heroes discourse out there anymore, but, like, we can have our discourse, and, like, I think that lets us, like, develop our points, kind of, like, you know, develop our, like, thoughts and feelings about what we're watching. Mm -hmm. So I think in that regard, I think I'm glad we have approached it at the pacing we have.
1: And those people are always out there to show up in our comments section and be like, oh, someone new is watching (laughs) this show. Let me talk Mm -hmm. to them.
0: Yes, yes, uh, yes. Shout outs to uh, our lovely listeners and commenters. Um, yeah, so, uh, oh, uh, Iro, how about you? Do you have any closing thoughts on Season
1: 3? Oh, boy. <laughs>
0: you're a regular, so I feel I like... I am a regular. You're a <laughs> regular. Uh, thoughts out there anyways, but if you have anything left you'd like to say, man. close the case so on Season
1: 3. Uh, I'm really curious where we're going from here with the loss of the other half of the show yeah you know what i mean I, like yes
0: i i don't want to speculate too much anymore because i mm-hmm. think we're already running long yes. but i truly wonder like i still love this show but i truly wonder if i can still love this show without young Wenli. like he was so are, are they
2: gonna are they gonna cheat and just have ghost young keep showing up I, oh yeah totally dude
0: probably but i don't really think that counts like like I, what I needed was Yang, the living character. Yang, the character who, like, he, you know, he he lived and he grew in some ways. You know, like he developed as a character. You know, we we grew to to know and love him. Like, I I don't know if I can enjoy a show as much without him, but I, I'm certainly willing to try because this show has yet to disappoint me. You know, so I I, I of course wanted I want to give them the chance to like convince me that like we can live in a post Yang world, but you know well, it's gonna be tough yeah
2: the spirit of Young will never die
0: yes and i think i think on that that is a good note to kind of close this podcast so we're gonna take care of some housekeeping um so you know <sighs> whole spiel let's go <laughs> as I- always <laughs> what
1: i was just gonna say we already talked about neon jesus and clorio so, we, so can- we can
0: skip that yes But as always, you can listen to this podcast and read the rest of our posts on theglorioblog.com. You can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, Google Play, wherever podcasts are bought and sold. Um, You can watch Legend of the Galactic Heroes on High Dive and VRV. Uh, Feel free to check out our sister podcasts, such as the aforementioned uh, Neon Genesis Evangelio or the Glorio Chat or uh, the Glorio's King of the Kaiju. Uh, let's see. Additionally, you can uh, listen to the podcast on YouTube. Blah, blah, blah. Leave a like, subscribe, comment, etc. You know, you all know the score. We, tell your we love friends. It yes, tell your enemies. And uh, I think that'll do it. So um, as always, as always, thank you all so much for listening. You know, I really hope you guys will stick with us into the final stretch here. It's been a hell of a ride, and you know I hope uh, I hope it stays. You know, I, I hope it stays as high stakes and as fun and as compelling and as important as it has all the way to the end. Uh, as always, uh, thank you guys for accompanying me on this journey, uh, Jell and Marlin. I look forward to a uh, I look forward to reconvening at the end of season four when we're all gonna kind of. Share our reactions to the mm-hmm. bombshells, you know, dropped at the end of season four. We're getting, we get to compare notes on uh, who guessed correctly on who lives, who dies, what happens in this <laughs> show. Maybe yeah, none that, of us are right, you know, for true. all we know. For all we know, <laughs>
1: Emil von Teckler will like perish in an explosion. Yes. Two episodes in.
0: But Marlin, if your if your speculation is correct, boy, will that be a very <laughs> oh, fun yeah. I'm conversation gonna, I'm to going have.
3: to reload. Uh You know, Eero,
1: just to be cont- just be contrarian now, <laughs> the Sucker is going to perish in an explosion. <laughs> All right, fine.
0: We got we got two bets yeah. on a meal. Let's see which one. Only one can out. be right. Uh, yes, uh, yeah. yes. Um, Eero, as always, thank you for uh, being my loyal adjutant, uh-huh. my loyal co-host, my navigator in the darkness of the stars. Of course. we'll Um, we'll
1: chart we'll chart a course to uh (laughs) that star on the horizon or something to what a
0: brighter future or something yeah Yeah. that let's go with that (laughs) and uh once again we will see you amongst the sea of stars